play it again my Johnny Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. Jonathan. I'm JR. And today we're here to talk JR's pick, Johnny Guitar, directed by Nicholas Ray from 1950-something. What? what Four? 54? 54. Same year my dad was born. It's been mm. a while, huh? Pull, my out, dad, pull out your notes. <laughs> <laughs> my dad had never heard of this movie, by the way, which I thought was really strange because he's a, he's a Western guy, but... Uh, I don't know, maybe he's just like, it's not big enough for him. Like, he needs to have Eastwood or, or uh, John Wayne in it for him mm. to know about it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a couple of trailers that have been posted since the last time we talked and uh, other stuff we watched. And today, we're going to do things a little differently. We're going to start after, I guess, after the trailers, we'll start with the deep dive. Okay? So just stick around. We're going to have a great time. How's everybody doing? Doing great, except for this heat, man. It's brutal, man. Yeah. It's brutal. We're in uh, yeah. southern Louisiana, and it is heinous. It's hellish outside. You could yeah. die. You could actually die. Yeah. There yeah. are people dying. Someone, yeah. someone has died in the past, like, 48 hours. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Yeah. We don't even know that, but guaranteed. JR, how's, how's your weather? Perfect, as always? <laughs> it's, in Denver? It's a nice 75. It's been, it's been raining for about an hour a day. Um, <laughs> go ahead and close I that. also I went to Chicago <laughs> last week, and... Oh, that's right. It, the hottest, hottest it got was about seventy. Fuck off! It, but man. it's the heat is coming for them. It's usually hot. Not there. for you though, never. No, not for me. <laughs> yeah, cool. you're above everyone. <laughs> literally, yeah, literally. <laughs> I mean, in, in elevation, yes. Yeah, and figuratively, just because we're all jealous. Mm. I, I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there next weekend because I have an asshole friend who decided to get married in June outside. In the world. Oh, shit. <laughs> Good God. Terrible. That is disgusting. Um, well, uh, I'll just say I'm doing great, too. Summer school just ended, and uh, I, got a, I got a new job at Zachary. So I'll be All teaching right. at Zachary Congratulations. High. Next nice. uh, next year, starting in August, and uh, it's a very, very good school and a good district. and uh, The best district. Yeah, in Louisiana, yeah, the best district in Louisiana. Number one for many, many years now. And uh, teaching seniors, which is going to be fantastic. All right. To that end, uh, going to be teaching Hamlet, so I had to read Hamlet <laughs> oh, this, yeah. this last week just to catch up, you know? And uh, I'm really looking forward to your review because yeah. I've seen it. Okay. And I've been meaning to watch it again forever because I really enjoyed it. It's so. on Criterion Channel. Yeah. Pretty shitty transfer, but uh, it's there. Um, it just, like, it's got, like, a lot of digital noise on it and shit for some reason. I don't know why. Mm. But, um... Yeah, so I watched the the forty eight Hamlet uh, Olivier one. But anyways, uh, let's talk about these trailers. Mm. First one posted bef- uh, last since last time was Ford versus Ferrari. This is the new uh, James Mangold uh, Oscar Bation pick, mm. starring Christian Bale in what is sure to be an Oscar nominated performance as some guy who races cars, and uh, Matt Damon putting on this ridiculous country accent as uh, Shelby, I guess the guy who invented the Shelby Cobra. I don't really know. Who cares? And uh, Joe, uh, John Bernthal, which will get Rustin in the seat, you know. Yeah. Playing, uh, <laughs> who was who it? Lee Iacocca from Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what do you guys think of this one? I don't guess anyone here is a car guy, are, are we? Are we sure we didn't talk about this last week? No, I am 100% <laughs> sure. I feel like I've said I, everything I'm about to say about we this it's to just, you guys. Dude, it's, I, just been, not, like, it's just been a month. It has. It has. So. Okay, go ahead. What do you think about this one? Uh, 
I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I just this doesn't look. I don't care about this at all. I like things that go fast. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, okay. I'll say that I think that Christian Bale looks pretty good in it. Mm-hmm. I like that he has a British accent, which is something you never see from him anymore. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I think Matt Damon looks pretty goofy in it. I think that the trailer <laughs> takes a turn right when Gimme Shelter starts, and I'm just like, I totally checked out <sighs> yeah, after that. Yeah. But before that, I was like, this this could be all right. Like, Songs be that fun. should be banned from yeah, film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally just an ugly, <laughs> ugly use of it. I just can't stand it. Yeah. That, Paint It Black, Sympathy for the Devil. Actually, don't even play Rolling Stones. Stones. Yeah. Stones are dead, <laughs> man. You can't, any, can't use them. Anymore, ever. It's only if it's a Stones documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah. think that I... I dislike it because what I remember is like the tag, like the last two seconds where um, oh, Damon's yeah. driving around the executive. <laughs> right. And it's such like an unfunny way to leave the trailer. It's like it, it and, sucks. Right. They think that it's really funny. Like they think this is going to get everybody. It's going to be like, oh, this is really charming and funny because this guy is like sobbing about being in a fast car. Uh, that is uh, Tracy Letts, though. I, I really like him uh, as an actor. But uh, yeah, it's I don't know. You know, like I say, it's just uh, it seems like it's made to win awards, and I'm sure it will get nominated for some and maybe win a couple. Uh, what do you guys think of Mangold, though? He directed uh, Copland and Logan most recently, actually. I remember liking Logan when I first saw it, and then the second time I was like, eh, this really isn't, this really isn't very good because it's one of these movies that has a point that it's trying to make and then spends the entire movie not making that point. He also did the Wolverine. Oh, haven't seen uh, that. Jesus. The one before that. I think oh, that's that the, the only one, one I've never seen. Is that the one in Japan? Yeah. Okay. Oh. I hadn't seen that one. And he also did uh, 310 to Yuma, Walk. the remake, and Walk the Line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Identity. Which I was, mean, hmm. like Logan's like his best movie. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree terribly with that. What's his best? What am I missing? Copland is way better than anything oh. he's directed. Copland. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay. Well, there might be a deep dive coming, bud. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no. it's really really solid. It's a good, uh, really good movie. I don't know. I I would say. I mean, I don't know. Logan. I just can't get into. I don't know. I like. I haven't seen the three ten to Yuma remake. It's probably more entertaining than Logan would be it's, to me. Man, <laughs> I, I I wish that it were. Have you? Is the original any good? Yeah, it, like the original is not one of my favorite westerns, but it is pretty good. Okay. Well, uh, I'm sorry. I don't ha- like. I don't have. I don't dislike the remake because of some emotional nostalgia thing. I just right, right, right. Think it's not done well. It doesn't. It didn't look good to me when it. I remember like when watching the trailers, just thinking like, oh, "This does nothing for me. I don't want to see this." But I don't know. I've heard a few people say things positive about it. So, um, so James Gray has a new movie coming out called Ad Astra, which I've been hearing about for a year and a half now. Finally got the trailer. Brad Pitt is an astronaut looking for his dad, Tommy Lee Jones, in the depths of space because there's some kind of uh, alien situation or something. Donald Sutherland is almost dead. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think of Ad Astra? On paper, this sounds great, but yeah. the trailer It was... sounded great when I read about it. When the trailer came out, I was like, this does not yeah. look like the movie I read about That's at a little, all. A little sketch. I'm really confused about this concept of one astronaut going into space mm-hmm. for a mission that apparently holds the cosmos yeah. as its goal. He's the only one who can do it. He's well, the what best I, they what have. I gathered is Tommy Lee Jones is like has some weapon that could destroy the planet or something. I don't know. 
and then he he has to go stop it, which is ridiculous. Yeah, but, I don't like that. See, yeah. why does it have to be so so like you know? High black stakes. and white yeah high stakes like can't it just be <laughs> the like, earth is on the line can't it just be yeah, like he's going yeah. to find his father because like you know they have unresolved emotional issues or something that would be more yeah. interesting you know <laughs> like but it's yeah. in space you know yeah. like i yeah. don't know james it's just a, it's like such, give it's us such cormac a, mccarthy in space right it's such a huge thing like a huge idea and a like a blockbuster concept from james gray who is not that guy at all mm. i i suspect um i i suspect some trailer making here mm. like with most James Gray movies, you have like an unsellable concept, right? And uh, and they all turn out great, but I, I would guess that they have to make that's like they have to put something concrete in the trailer, or else they're like, I, I just have like images of space and Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see that too, and I agree. It's probably an editing thing. I'm sure the second trailer might be better. The second trailer tends to be better, anyways, for any movie, but. I don't know. It's just like it's the first, you know, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth at being the first thing you see. Yeah. I'm just, I'm definitely not worried yet about the movie. All right. I'm, I'm very optimistic. I am uh, cautiously optimistic. I like James Gray so much that it really doesn't matter. I'd go see anything that he did. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and then finally, we've got the uh, somewhat controversial post of Dr. Sleep trailer <laughs> on our uh, blog, which JR seems to have a problem with my write-up. So let's just, uh, real quick, I'm going to read the write-up that I wrote. This is for the Dr. Sleep trailer. First trailer for Dr. Sleep, a film adaptation of Stephen King's sequel to The Shining. It stars Ewan McGregor as an adult Dan Torrance and is directed by hack horror helmer Mike Flanagan, in parentheses, generic horror schlock like Oculus, Hush, Ouija 2, etc., let us know what you think. Filmyakpodcast at gmail.com. See, see, the issue is you said hack horror filmmaker, yes. and then you named three good movies. No, those are not good movies. <laughs> You're out of your mind. I mean, you can't possibly think these are good movies, JR. Come on. Uh, well, I, I really do truly think Hush is a good movie. And I think that uh, the Ouija sequel and yeah. Oculus had really cool stories and a couple of cool elements and just like fell apart at the end. They're like three and a half to four out of five star movies and then just like shut down. What is Hush? Hush is a home invasion movie. No, no, uh, no. What's the score? Oh, three and a half. <laughs> well, you know, That's really good. It's like a star up from probably what I would give it. <laughs> and I hate That's it. That's good. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Without having seen um, it, I hate it. <laughs> so and, and you're telling me like Blumhouse hack. Yeah, and I guess I just, I'm not. I guess I'm just not familiar with the brand. Blumhouse uh, is trash. Everything they do is trash, except Get Out was good. Ex- well, this is. I looked at like his uh, letterbox page, and mm-hmm. the first three movies are Get Out, uh, Black Klansman, and uh, some other Best Picture nominee. I was like, <laughs> who Who are you talking about? Jason Blum. Oh, Jason Blum. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, Jason Blum is making a name for himself, and he's certainly, uh, you know, doing uh, more respectable things than he once was. But, I mean, the guy has made his made his uh, name from Paranormal Activity, for God's sake. I Lip, mean, like... Lash. There we go. That's the third one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's a producer on some movies. He, the shit, the, 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 the <laughs> shit mean, that he started with is garbage. I, I believe you. The but... gallows, for God's sake. Pray. I mean... <laughs> glass look, like are we when kidding I look at his page the movies that i've seen like i liked us 
Yeah. I thought Upgrade was interesting. Oh I, thought, I thought Happy Death Day was pretty good. Par- what about Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones? How good was that, JR? I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. didn't, you didn't see any didn't of the see horrible shit. How about The Purge? I haven't seen any Purge. It's movies. trash. Let me tell I, you. I liked Sharp Objects. This, I like both Unfriended. How about Dark Skies? Happy Death Day was the, decent. In the Valley of Violence? This is This is some good stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I should also say that my my distaste for Jason Blum and Blumhouse has nothing to do with anything that he's produced that's not a horror film. Okay, so like in the Valley of Violence doesn't count for me. I wouldn't you're, even I wouldn't even known he did that. You're moving these goalposts for me. I don't know. What to do. <laughs> um, so I and I guess um, he produced the Lords of Salem. Yeah. Jr. I don't the know, Lords uh, of yeah, Salem. Yeah. Lords of Salem is really bad. Uh, I don't even know that. So. Is. Mike Flanagan. Oh God. (laughs) Mike Flanagan. Say no more. Let me. Yeah, go ahead. Let's get out of this Bloom territory. Okay. Uh, Mike Flanagan (laughs) has done interesting movies so far. I heard that Netflix show that he did was really good. What show? Like The Haunting of House Hill or Haunting of Hill House. House, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard good things about that too. I will never Um, watch it. But then you know, it's like I think it makes total sense to give a Stephen King property to him because, based on all of the Stephen King novels that I've read. Uh, they start out really good and they fall apart and turn to shit. So they sound like a match <laughs> made in heaven. <laughs> okay, but let's think about this though. Do you, don't you? Okay, well, I have something to say, but let's talk about the trailer. What do you guys think of the Doctor Sleep trailer? I the teaser. <laughs> the, yeah, the teaser like the looked like three some basic and a, the three and a half minute teaser. Yeah. Um, personally, I thought like. Like I thought this I thought this whole thing was going to be controversial not because of your write up but because it's a sequel to The Shining mm-hmm. and a lot they of They recreate actual like images from The Shining. Yeah, and like like I th- I think they're leaning way too heavily on the movie The Shining and Have you read the book? Yeah, I've read both books. Uh, have you Okay, so is it, and, and isn't that going to piss Stephen King off? At this, he does, he, yeah, he does. at this point, I don't think he cares. Right. Like he already He's writing out- them checks, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he like it was uh, like three day three days ago was the twentieth anniversary of the day that he got run over by a van. That guy's dead, and he's still alive. Stanley Kubrick is dead, so what does he have to care about? That's true. Anyway, um, Jack Nicholson will be dead soon, probably it's in his eighties. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I th- I thought this movie relies like way too heavily on like this is a sequel to The Shining, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, like we know, but there's other plot that's going on in this story, so maybe we focus a little bit more on that instead of just well, they're trying to sell the movie, right? I mean, nobody cares about the other plot that's going on; they want to hear see no, the uh, images from The Shining, like Red Rum and the door and yeah, yeah, kid in yeah. the we we see Red Rum a whole lot, yeah. It's so much. Yeah, it's which brutal. which I do not remember in the book, so I get the feeling that that's just an easy shorthand to say. Exactly, this is Dan, exactly. Danny Torrance. Yeah, guys. this is Danny Torrance, and um, yeah, um, I'm very I'm very hesitant. I don't think it looks very good just in general. Plus, the heavy leaning on the Kubrick version, mm-hmm. so it's like Here's- I'm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that i won't see this until it comes out on stream or blu-ray sure. so i i don't yeah yeah and and by the way forget everything i just said about mike flanagan uh before i knew mike flanagan directed it i was ready to shit all over it 
Like this trailer, <laughs> this trailer does not look good to me at all. No. But now you're into it. No. Now opening I'm, night. Now I'm more in than I was. <laughs> yeah. I still like I. I'm like, I mean, I wish. Oh like, no, he'll go and see it at Telluride or whatever fucking oh, yeah. festival they have up there. Okay, Telluride's pretty far away. Colorado I asshole. Can't just hop off to tell you, Red, whenever I want. Sure, you could. Uh, well, I, I guess, I guess my my, <laughs> you know, another issue that you might have with Flanagan directing is that if it's a true sequel to The Shining, as in a sequel to the film The Shining, wouldn't you want someone who's not a horror filmmaker to direct it, like someone who has you know Absolutely. more skills under his belt than just horror? Definitely, because I mean Kubrick's yeah. not a horror filmmaker, so you'd want somebody. Yeah, I, I feel like if you want to achieve something similar. But of course, yeah. you know, a studio is not going to think that way. They're going to think, "Who's who's our good horror guy?" And Mike yeah. Flanagan's well, got a couple of five yeah. out of fives on Letterbox with Jr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put him in there. Well, I think like that's the trend now. Like they're giving all these up and coming horror directors, like, oh, yeah. "Hey, here's one of like seventeen Stephen King properties well, that we that we have. So, absolutely. which one of these do you want?" And, and it's the big thing to give some nobody director. Uh, a yeah. shot of the big movie like um, Colin Trevorrow doing uh, fucking God, what was that movie he directed? Godzilla, Jurassic World, Jurassic World. Oh, right, thank right. you, oh, God, no. And then the guy, and the guy who did Fantastic Four was uh, some nobody. Yeah, he did yeah. Chronicle, and then he did Fantastic Four, which was a huge flop. But he still has a lot of money behind it, so it's yeah. a very common thing now to uh, give these tiny directors shot at the big time. Yeah, and like I don't know I'm, of like offhand, I can't think of anyone. Who, like any, I mean, what, Robert e- Robert Eggers is probably the only person. Uh, I, I would, would be so pissed off if they if he wasted his time <laughs> on something like this. Like I want to see something good from Robert. Well, that Eggers. that that was that was why I hesitated just now because like I can't wait for the Lighthouse. The Witch was a fucking masterpiece. Like he's the only one like of like horror directors. He's the Absolutely. only one I could see like doing this thing justice. Maybe, maybe Ari Aster, um, but he's. I'm scared. I'm scared of Ari Aster's uh, Midsummer coming out. That's it's, it's terrifying. It. I, I don't, really like terrifyingly bad really or like it. Look, I think it doesn't look great, and I'm scared it's going to be a piece of shit. I think it I looks great. I do not I see it so bad. It's so. I love. I love a horror where the where you can't turn the lights off. It's awesome. <laughs> Like the sun never sun never goes down. It's gonna be mm. great. Well, Jonathan, uh, this just in: Bad Trip, the new film from Eric Andre, <laughs> part hidden prank camera show. Interesting from the producers of Jackassing Bad Grandpa. Amazing. <laughs> we'll have to watch that and talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, let's uh, jump right into our deep dive. This is a little unusual. We're gonna start with our deep dive today. Our listeners are gonna drop off. Like right after. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, yeah, definitely right after. Yeah, exactly. uh, so our, our film we're talking about is J.R.'s pick, Johnny Guitar, from 1954, directed by Nicholas Ray, mm-hmm. starring Sterling Hayden and Joan Crawford, and, uh, you know, some other people who you might have heard of or not, Ernest Borgnine's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is a, a movie that J.R. picked. Why, J.R.? Um, well, I picked it because I love Nicholas Ray, and I haven't seen this movie in a long time and uh i've just you know i wanted to watch another western you know I, I said um like in the email i sent to you guys like we haven't done a western from like like the classic era mm-hmm, of westerns mm-hmm. basically the the mid 50s uh mm-hmm. but this definitely does not fit into 
the classic era of westerns and i forgot just how like it's more of like a douglas cirque melodrama set in a western like Sarah. <laughs> just kidding it's uh first half hour it's it's got some guns and shit but it's uh mm. it's only it's only kind of a western and okay. um that's interesting i guess i'll go i'll go through what it's about um joan crawford owns a uh like a hotel and gambling spot in the middle of nowhere where they're about to put the railroad through so she's bought all this land and is hoping that it kind of blows up and she build a, she can build a town and get rich. Um, the rich people in the neighboring town really dislike her and they dislike the people that gamble at her place. Uh, and the movie starts with them accusing the dancing kid and his crew who have an association with Joan Crawford of a, uh, robbing a stagecoach and murdering some people and uh the people uh mercedes mccambridge and the guy with her whose name i can't remember basically say you have 24 hours to get out of town or we're gonna run you out of town or kill you i can't tell um and sterling hayden is a uh is a guy that shows up uh as uh as johnny guitar he's gonna he's gonna sing and play his tunes at the hotel but it turns out he's he's something more. He's and now that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, he's something more. Uh, do we now, real quick? Do we find out who robbed the stagecoach? Who actually robbed it? No, I'm pretty sure it was, it was just, just other random bandits. Okay, yeah, I didn't think so. I was just and, and, reminded of that. Yeah, I definitely something. think they make a point of just like there's just random people. We don't find out who did it. Um, that um so that opening scene at the hotel well we'll call it the opening sequence where Johnny Guitar shows up the first third of the film he gets yeah he gets a really cold <laughs> uh, well you know it's about twenty five minutes yeah that's, thirty minutes that's a long two time. hour movie yeah. we'll call it the first quarter <laughs> okay um, Joan Crawford makes her her entrance in her one, first of many like colorful shirts and then like the uh, the pack descends. This like this troop of people walks in with a dead body for some reason. I don't know why the dead body's there, except to show that there's a dead body. Mm. And everyone just starts throwing accusations at Joan Crawford. And it's all it's all a lot of just like hearsay. And I'm Mercedes McCambridge, and I'm just going to convince you that Joan Crawford is guilty, even though she's clearly not. It's all like very. Um, it's like very McCarthyist stuff, I think. Yeah. Like we're just uh we're blaming these people for something that Mercedes they McCambridge didn't do and it doesn't matter if we have I'm just I'm sorry. Just Mercedes yeah. McCambridge, that's Emma. Yes, Emma, okay. sorry. I don't know the actors' names. Emma this is, is McCarthy. Emma's movie. also <laughs> Emma's also Trump in this movie. She just hates everyone. <laughs> yeah. She hates everyone from the outside. Yeah, that sounds right. So, um, I don't know. Like, uh, the first like half hour is just like, it's just fucking fire for me, but, uh, I'll, uh, I'll get into that in a minute. What do you guys think of this movie? Well, speaking about Emma, like she is a fucking cartoon in this movie. Like from the very beginning, she is just a caricature. 
And like later on, I think one of the most ridiculous scenes is when like she shoots the chandelier and it falls to the floor and the place starts catching on fire and like the gas and fire is like getting towards her and she's like casting her hands over it like a fucking witch. I was like, okay, I have totally tuned out at this point. <laughs> I have Whatever, absolutely what, no recollection of that. Really? I remember her burning the place down and shooting the chandelier. Oh, yeah. She's like stands over the fire like laughing. Yeah, she's like, like, uh, like cackling like a witch. It's really weird. I do and, not remember that at all. <laughs> I was like, this This is fucking ridiculous. Like, whatever sympathy I could have had for this woman because yeah. her brother got shot in the beginning, like, I don't care. She's She was obviously she's just, using that as a way to yeah, fuck but, with Collins, yeah. though, right? Well, or yeah. Crawford, I mean. Well, like, I mean, they're taking her out to hang. So, right. at that point, like, yeah, she won, so she's gloating. Yeah. But it was just, she's just so fucking over the top and ridiculous. And... Yeah. Yeah. So is that, a, is, that a, is that a you do like the movie or not? <laughs> it's like that a, sounds like a no. Immediately like, Emma sucks. Fuck this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she is the I villain. Mean, I mean, you see her get yeah, killed yeah. at the end. So, spoiler. She yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> spoiler. I think it was okay. Mm-hmm. There, there are parts of it that I like. But parts of it that, like, there are definitely a lot of scenes that I think go on, like, way too long. Like, the whole part where... Uh, Johnny Guitar and Vienna are recapping what's happened over the past couple of years and yeah. what they've done and how they've gotten here. Like that whole scene feels like half an hour. Yeah. And that needs to be like six yeah. at the most. Six hours. And Johnny Guitar <laughs> Johnny Guitar cannot play. It was, guitar. It was more like seven minutes. <laughs> it's like really terrible. Like really, really like the way, the way he was like playing. Oh, like the like, fake oh, yeah. playing? It wasn't even <laughs> it like sounded good. Yeah. It wasn't even like beginning to try. Yeah, no, yeah. It yeah. looked, looked pretty bad. <laughs> uh, took me right out of it. <laughs> I like the music that he was playing. I liked how he just yeah. started. Like I, I like. Okay, well, I'll say that the wandering minstrel. I, I'll say that I, I, I did not care for this film overall. But Shocking. the first, the first thirty minutes, I was into it. I was like, this is all right. I like the fact that it's all in the saloon. Yeah. I was like, if this, it, mm-hmm. I think if it had stayed in the saloon somehow, like the whole movie was in the saloon, like I would have liked it a lot more. I feel like the minute they leave, I'm just like less interested. And it reminded me of um, the that scene in the saloon, the opening, you know, 30 minutes or so reminds me of uh, like Godfather, how the whole first like half hour, 40 minutes is at the wedding, you yeah, know, yeah. or, or in uh, Heaven's Gate, the whole first half hour is at, at the graduation ceremony. And it's just like this whole, like, it's almost like an epilogue to everything that's about to happen. And they're setting up who everybody is. And I don't know. I, I didn't mind that. I, I enjoyed that. And I like Sterling, ha- Sterling Hayden's character throughout that entire sequence. And I loved when, uh, Ernest Borgnine was goading him into a fight. Yeah. At making him drink whiskey and shit that that shit ruled like i was like i could do this all day i can watch these guys go at it all day i was so excited when i saw ernest borgnine was in it i was like all right <laughs> yeah. we're gonna have some fun and yeah. then like eh, not so much and then uh what's his face uh one of the other gang members is his name's royal dano is he related to paul dano i was wondering the same thing he looks like him sort of i think maybe he's like his grandfather or something maybe Anyways, uh, yeah. So, but I, I like I say after after they leave, I don't know, and the plot kind of thickens and everything. I'm just like, like all the Ster- like I was, I liked it better when Sterling Hayden was a nobody and he just wandered into the conflict and mm-hmm. didn't have any ties. And the minute you find out, you know, 
he used to be with uh, Crawford is just like uh, it's like turns into a romance and everything. I, just, I don't care about this. I want to see them. You know, I want to see him be in the middle of this core, almost like a you know. Um, Yojimbo. I, I haven't seen Yojimbo. I was going to say Last Man yeah. Standing, but <laughs> yeah, or the, like the same story, but with Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or uh, oh, what's it called? High Plains Drifter. Right. Yeah, something like that. You know, uh, where there's two rivals and he has to mediate and kind of, or even like Miller's Crossing does that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so were you annoyed when he like pulled out the gun and shot Turkey's ex- hand yeah. and shot the gun away? I was or? extremely annoyed. Okay. I wanted. I was, I was like, he's gonna pull this guy because I, I immediately you know this guy's a gunfighter, right? Like, he's not the star of the movie without being like the best person with a gun in the movie. So I'm waiting for him to shoot something or shoot somebody, mm. and he pulls that gun out and he shoots at him. And I, the way Crawford reacts is like, this is, I like, this will be great. In the very second it happened when he pulled the gun out of the guy's holster and started shooting, I was like, this is gonna be great. He's gonna kill this kid. And it's going to be like a big conflict that he killed this kid when you know there's nothing really happening, no problem. And, but no, of course he, of course this this you know fucking TV western you know howdy doody bullshit. He's got to shoot the gun out of his hand and, and shoot it four more times. Shoot it, yeah, yeah it's rolling across the floor. So stupid. I fucking hate that shit. I'm sorry. I really can't stand not, that. Not that, stupid. It's so bad, dude. You like that? It's. Well, I don't. I don't know. Do I like in general the whole shoot a gun out of someone's hand thing in westerns no <laughs> in the moment do i like it for johnny guitar yeah why Because like the whole thing is that <laughs> he treats he treats gun violence as an addiction that he's trying to break oh my god that's it's, this is another thing great. this is another thing that i actually have an, a, a a uh note about this okay uh which is <laughs> joan crawford later in the film is talking about violence god what did she say Oh, she's she's talking about how she doesn't want to kill the the posse members for some reason. Like they're going to come back and murder her, and she's like, "I don't want any any killing. No one can get shot." It's like, why the fuck not? Like, what kind of world are you living in? They're coming to kill you. You're not going to kill them, especially. She wears like, a gun. What is the gun for? Because well, she has to coexist <laughs> with that town after it. Oh my! It's like she's she got to kill like, Those people are going to can't thrive if she kills the people, and they just constantly are trying to kill her. Okay, but if they're trying to kill her and she doesn't try to kill them, who's going to get killed? Her or them? Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's not going to coexist with anybody if she's dead. I don't know about any of y'all, but I. I thought from the outset that she was going to be the crack shot. Like, like there was a scene where she's standing on the stairs and they're like, you know, you can't shoot all of us. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe she can. Well, they were certainly worried when she was like, you know, didn't she say something like, I'll just shoot one of you or something? Two of you or something. Yeah, yeah two, like yeah. two of you will do or something yeah. like that. Which is good. I like that. That's yeah, a good yeah. line. It reminds me of Tombstone when uh, I when uh, they're like, they're like, uh, he can't shoot all of us. And he goes, uh he goes, just, he goes, not all of you, just you, Ike. He goes, yeah. you boys might get me in a rush, but not before I turn your head into a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> so, now that's a good Western. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of a letdown. Oh, and it just I, starts I just want to say about the, like, shooting, shooting the gun part. I was like, okay, like, first of all, he shoots the gun, like, five times. Yeah. It moves maybe, like, a foot and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's got to get with, away from him. Yeah. But... I would think that, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere with someone else's gun. Like, why are you just going to waste ammo like that? Cause yeah, like, that's a good point, too. Like, I, well, think, I guess there's a little town right there, isn't there? I guess, I but like, but feel still. Like this is this is a criticism we could level at literally every Western. <laughs> that's ever. true. That's true. But we're talking about this one. 
this is this is the kind of shit that you not you anyone would only notice when they yeah, really don't yeah, yeah. which is how i know kevin is giving this below a two <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we haven't gotten there yet so hold your hold your horses i mean i have a lot of, uh, you know I have a lot of like little little issues with it too. Just like, and I mean, I'm sure it's just it's just conventions of the time that don't really um, make sense when you like break them down at all. Like, for instance, uh, the dialogue. <laughs> well, yeah, but when 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 they they get uh, like sopping wet somehow, I forget how, and then they go up to that the hideout of the the gang, and they're like, "We need." Oh, because new- they have to go into the waterfall. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, "We need new clothes." And then Joan Crawford goes into the next room and comes back with like this like perfect perfectly fitting outfit and i'm like why why does this gang have women's clothing in there you know what i mean like she's wearing like a like a red blouse and (laughs) it's just it makes no sense at all but it's just like oh she's a star she's gotta look good so i mean i don't because i don't think it's a women's blouse i mean it fits her like a woman's blouse it fits her yes but the idea is they say it's turkey's clothing and turkey was small right i wrote that i said turkey had a woman's blouse (laughs) (laughs) And I said, where'd Johnny get a gun? Because, like, all of a sudden he's got a gun in this holster after he comes out of the room. Like, what, did he steal the gun from one of them? Probably. Because he didn't yeah, have I one before. I mean, I, I, just, could, I could see that. It's just mm-hmm. goofy stuff like that. I don't know. Like, which I, I mean, like I say, I, I get it, but it's just sort of this, yeah, like, Disney version of, that of the old West. likely, you know, like, Joan Crawford is probably not going to agree to actually put on, like, an unflattering men's top in sure. the movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if you guys read anything about this, but apparently everybody fucking hated each other so much. <laughs> like Joan Crawford is famously like difficult to work with, and she was worse in the fifties than in the thirties and forties. And wow. Sterling Hayden was apparently awful to work with, and Nicholas Ray is just like a—he's about like five years from his like really hard drug and alcohol burnout uh. that he had, and he's just apparently was just like. <laughs> Basically, just shoving everything into his body to get through this shoot without killing either of them. Um, so everyone hated each other. Mm. And then the movie came out and got bad reviews, and everyone was just like, well, we can put that behind us and never think about it again. <laughs> yeah, I also have like notes that I don't, I don't even fully remember from the movie. <laughs> so It's been about a week, week ago that I watched mm. it, but... Uh, I wrote that uh, the shot kid is alternately spry, does full flip when tripped. <laughs> I do not remember that. Okay, I don't. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, and then I wrote that. Um, let's see. Corey's murder is unwarranted. Who's Corey? Um, Corey is the guy in the group that's sick. Okay. In like the dancing kids group, he he's always oh yeah, coughing. yeah yeah. Does he get murdered? Oh yeah. Yeah, Borgnine stabs Yeah, he him. gets stabbed. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, he, like, he doesn't want to turn on yeah. He doesn't want to turn. Kid. That's right. Borgnine's so ridiculous. I know. Borgnine is going to give over Crawford to right. uh, Emma. I remember that now. He's like, yeah. no, I, I stabbed the kid. <laughs> so so stabbed in the back. Yeah. It, reminds me of, it actually reminds me a lot of uh, this moment in um, Kevin McDonald movie, the submarine movie, uh, Black Sea with Jude Law. Have you, any of you guys seen this? Mm-mm. No. Jer? Black Sea? No. Oh, it's not, it's not bad. But uh, there is a moment. Steve, Steve McHale's Navy. Oh, well, this is, <laughs> this is a serious version of that. Yeah, because when you uh, said Kevin McDonald, I was like, kids in the hall? <laughs> no, I think his name's Kevin McDonald. He's a, 
He's a film. He's a, he used to be a documentary filmmaker, but now he makes uh, narratives. Anyways, they made like the Last King of Scotland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, anyways, but in that movie, there's a there's a one of the sailors just like stabs another one of the sailors, and it's like kind of completely unmotivated, and it's just like to get the plot going, you know, and it's just kind of mm. goofy, but that's what this reminded me of. Right. And I also have a note: Lou overdubbing. I don't know who Lou is. I don't remember who Lou is either. <laughs> okay. Um, oh well, we'll erase that one. It's <laughs> um, the re- like the this movie has had a bad reputation for decades, or did have a bad reputation for decades in America as being just like pure camp. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really see that. Yeah, I don't um, get that at all. Again, I, I see a lot of like. I see a lot of big performances and Kevin, you mentioned Mercedes McCambridge as a character, a caricature cartoon. I don't really see that either just because they make it clear that she's like, they make clear that she is uh, a very just repressed woman who has a lot like sexual desires that she can't do anything with. And like, that's where her anger is coming from. And it makes sense to me that her anger would be big. But I mean, and again, every, everyone in this movie is really big. So mm-hmm. it's like the, the consistent uniform nature of the acting doesn't make hate Emma in particular. I mean, and then like, as far as the dialogue goes, it's like, this is basically where, um, like tombstone style dialogue came from. Like all of like the, the double entendre and the, the one-liner jokes. This is like, this movie is gold for that. <laughs> this, uh, like, I mean, I can I can see where you're coming from. Like Johnny Guitar. I like your. That's spin. your real name. Care to change it? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. A lot of stuff's good at the beginning. Like I say, I like the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I like the whole opening sequence. Yeah, yeah. is good. Yeah, uh, like even there, like there the are fight. Parts. The fight outside is good too. I mean, it's like yeah, and like this was the first Joan Crawford movie I've ever seen, and I think she's well, the best actor in the in this movie. Well, like, she is the best actor in this movie. I mean, if you look at everyone's body of work. Oh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, you mean performance, though? Performance, yeah. I mean... I, I don't know. Maybe. Eh, I mean... I, 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 I like Sterling Hayden in it. I don't know. I don't yeah, know that he I mean, anything. I think he's... He's all right. I think... I, I think, But I think he was phoning it in. Okay. I, I'll say that the, the one... Emma is awful. I think that the actress is terrible. I think that she's like... She's at like... Everybody else might be at ten or eleven, but she's at like fifteen. I mean, she's just screaming the entire movie, and she's, she's like stuck terrible. in the thirties or something. Yeah, yeah it was like yeah, really yeah. like the way she moved, over dramatic, like, and yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. like jerking her head. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, she's hey. brutal. She's brutal. <laughs> yeah, JR, come know. at us, man. <laughs> what? This is a love her. pile I mean, of I, shit. What, what? I, mean, I already, I already told you why I disagree. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, I'm not gonna like, I'm not obviously not gonna win an argument about McCambridge, and I'm not gonna try to. Uh, have you seen not other a real stuff fan. Of her? Not a real fan. No, I, I don't think that. I, I mean, I'm sure that I have. Okay. Just the years, like stuff with her. Right, right. I don't remember her in such a uh, a prominent role in anything I've seen. But I'm probably I could also just be forgetting. Like, like she's in Touch of Evil. She's in The Exorcist. I don't oh. remember. Oh. At I was, all. I was glad mm. when she died. I have a note about in The Exorcist. Glad. No, in this movie. Okay. Well, yeah, you should be glad when she died because yeah. she's terrible. She's a nightmare of a human. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, like, can we just talk about the ending for a second? 
and how like it's like literally over before you know it. Yeah, it's pretty abrupt. Yeah. Well, like, I guess that everything's wrapped up though. I mean, yeah, it just felt like so like snap of the fingers and I'll tell and you we're out. I tell you the thing that I like most yeah. about the movie happens at the end, which is the song. I love the song. Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever Ooh. it is. Johnny Guitar. <laughs> yeah, it's like a woman singing. I don't yeah. Know. Peggy Lee. Peggy Lee. Yeah, it's great. It sounds really good. I really like that the um the mob stops being a mob at the end and they're basically like the the head of the I wish I could remember that guy's name. Sorry that was I don't. Was it MacIvers or something? Yeah, yeah. That guy, you know, basically the the head of the town. Yeah, the mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ward yeah. Bond, MacIvers. Yeah, He's yeah. MacIvers, like, and then there's the marshal who like may as well not even be there as much as they listen to him. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, and then he gets shot. Yeah, in, in a way <laughs> that reinforces that he doesn't matter. Yeah, um, but I don't know, like. The way MacIvers is like, you know what? Fuck this. This is obviously a personal thing between yeah. Emma and uh, and Vienna. So uh, no more shooting. We're out of here. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. I also really enjoyed that the whole, all of the mob stuff takes place after Emma's brother's funeral. So they all have uniforms on. Like, as in, like, they're all <laughs> just wearing black mm. the whole time. It's just a really I didn't notice that. strange visual choice. Yeah, uh, I will say that there was a there was a review on Letterbox that I read that said that it had a <laughs> there said it had very forceful violence, and I was like, I don't agree. Like it's so the yeah. violence is so not good in this. Not a good. It's not a good way to say it. It's, there is some blood. There, oh quite. A, I mean, there's blood. <laughs> it's like a drip of blood on the guy's head after he gets his head blown off. Well, like, like I was, shit. I was surprised that Borgnine had like the scar and like the bruise on him for like most most of the movie yeah, after after was, the fight. You know, like, that's I admirable. That was... But I mean, I'm just saying, like forceful violence. I think I think of like I don't think of like a you know this classic Western trope of you know somebody shoots somebody and they grab their wound and clutch their breast and then fall down to the ground and die. You know, it's like, that's not forceful violence to me. I don't understand what yeah, this person's like, talking about. No, the, I mean, the level of the violence is definitely of its time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not, that's what I'm yeah. really bloody, not ridiculous. I, I wouldn't mean, say, I'm saying like, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of movies from or a lot of Westerns from the fifties. I can't imagine this is any more violent than any other, like a John Wayne. I mean, the searchers is as violent as this. So I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's not as violent. It is. Um, it's darker than a lot of westerns. I mean, just like the way everything burns down, and yeah, the way that mm. pretty much everyone dies besides uh, Vienna and Johnny. It's I mean, as far as like our main characters. Obviously, right. the the mob gets out fine. Yeah. Um. You know, it's but it not not violent and filled with death in any sort of revolutionary way. Definitely not. Not at all. Um, yeah, because I was just thinking, like, Brute Force, which was made in, like, the early 40s, I think is more violent than this. I'd say Samson and Delilah is a more violent film. Ah. JR? More, yeah, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, right? He's <laughs> crushing skulls with a do- jawbone of an ass, and there's blood <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I, I have no. Well, that's the funny thing about, like, that time, like, that kind of movie you can get away with being more violent it's, because it's, yeah, it's, it's, because it's Spiel- God. It's a Spielberg effect. It's like, if you're, depending on what your subject matter is, you can do whatever you want. 
you know, and you don't get called yeah. out for yeah. it. Just about, yeah. If you're if you're if you're Spielberg, you can make a movie where it's insanely like NC seventeen levels of violence, and you're still it's just it's beautiful, it's art, it's you know it's supposed to affect us. But if you you know then you know you're you're uh, Tarantino <laughs> suddenly and you're homaging to us the old cinema, then it's you know you're a piece of shit and how dare you put a geyser of blood coming out of this person's arm or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Whatever. So, but you know, you know, like there, there are whatever you could say about this movie, like as far as being like revolutionary for the time would most likely have to do with just like the, the women just being the decision makers and the drivers of the plot. Yeah. And the yeah. men for the most part, not not all of them are idiots, though some of them are, but they all take a back seat to what their the woman around them is doing. Like you know, Sterling Hayden saves Vienna from being hung or hanged, sorry, hanged. Uh but How it's like you? the movie definitely <laughs> sets up like that he's going to like shoot that uh shoot that rope. But instead, just kind of like goes anticlimactic with having him just cut it. It's better. Like he, he doesn't get like a good like a big moment in the movie. Yeah. And the dancing kid and his group are definitely all idiots. Yeah. Um, the marshal is ineffective. McIvers does whatever Emma says. You know, that that is what is odd for the time. Right. Yeah. Now let's talk real quick about I, I okay I had a a, a bit of a crisis when I when I was thinking about how to rate this film which is that it's a movie that's from 1954 and it's uh made within the conventions of that time and uh you know within the system that existed in that time as far as you know what they can show on the screen and things like that and uh I mean like like JR just said right what's revolutionary about it it has female lead characters like that's <laughs> that's not super yeah. uh intense right so it's like um so i'm like well what do i rate this movie against like if you're rating a film are you rating it against other films if so i mean you have to right so if so are you rating it against the the westerns of the time all westerns all movies the movies of the time what are cuz if i'm like i can't like I, I you would think like you can't compare this to you know, good time. You know what I mean? Like what, what is the comparison to be made? I mean, if we're comparing it, it's like apples and oranges, right? Good time has amazing acting, but it's not the same kind of acting and it's a completely different story and it's, you know, male driven. And Mm. like, what, what are we doing when we, when we rate this film? Well, like I heard an interesting thing the other day, like these guys were talking about the fifth element and one of them just didn't understand really what was going on in the movie at all. But another guy said, well, if you go and, like, watch, like, a bunch of French movies and French cinema and then you watch Fifth Element, you'll kind of understand it a little bit better, which I can I can see. Because, like, I know when when I first tried to re- read Train Spotting, like, it's written a lot of it in Scottish dialect. So, like, I just put it down because i couldn't make heads or tails of it right but then later you know a few years later i had watched like a lot more british stuff so like i could hear what was on the page so so it flowed a lot easier you could hear them drinking the points in that pool i I think i think context is good but i mean you can still judge a movie face value yeah i mean something like soy cuba like you can like put all the 
Soviet stuff into it, and you know, it might make it better or worse, but it's like it's still a great movie. Sure, like propaganda or not. But let's you know uh, okay, I mean? let, like, that's a great example though. Like, is yeah, so yeah. Cuba a great film compared to films today, or is it great because it's innovative? It's great to me. It's great because it's innovative, but it's also like just. I mean, it's beautiful to watch. I don't know. It's just. Like I would say, okay. Well, I mean, I'll say that you know, sure. Johnny Guitar is is not. I'm right. sorry. It's 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 just it just feels like a cookie cutter like western from the 50s. Hmm. The first like that is and that w- you should watch a lot more westerns from the 50s. I mean, I, pro- it is I probably not should a cookie cutter western. I probably from the should, 50s. but like the like it just feels like it has all the tropes of like a 50s. As far western. I I mean, I don't disagree. I think I understand. I, I, I mean, I haven't I, seen agreed. A lot. Agreed. All of us are unschooled compared to jr and in westerns from the classic era of westerns but having seen the few that i have seen i don't see johnny guitar as being that dissimilar if anything i see it as being like a lesser quality movie than some other things that i've seen that are probably a lot higher budgets and shit like that and that's and that's fine like like I, i have no issue with with that opinion but it's definitely like use of color use of costume like type of story he's telling these small locations, it is very different yeah. from the average okay. 50 Western. I'd also different. say I don't like the whole uh, Nicholas Ray. Okay, I, I've never seen a Nicholas Ray movie until now. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, him a lot more as we... That seems yeah. weird. Um, but then I looked at the movies he's made, and then I was like, oh, that's that's not that weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I had never seen any Nicholas Ray movies, and I, but I was under the impression because of... Uh, a lot of because of the way he looks, which might seem ridiculous, but the way he looks in his later years and and the, his character and American Friend and everything, and it's like I don't. He seems like uh, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be some like someone who's doing some pretty radical shit, maybe within the Hollywood system, but still doing some crazy stuff. And I guess that's what kind of the thing that I was like maybe a little bit let down because I'm thinking Johnny Guitar is, uh, you know. I, I've I'd heard of Johnny Guitar before, and you know, in Rebel Without a Cause and in a Lonely Place and all these movies, and I'm thinking that you know these are all there's something really special about these movies. But then I watched Johnny Guitar, and I don't see I don't know what the directorial stamp of this movie is. Like I don't know what is different about this movie uh, from the perspective of Nicholas Ray having directed it. Um, or is it the things you well, just said? Is it the costume I mean, choices it is and the, the color? I just and the, said and. Yeah. And like making it much more of a like melodrama. Yeah. Yeah. For instance, like Bigger Than Life and Rebel Without a Cause are like very small movies in terms of like what's going on in their plot. Just mm-hmm. like highly emotional. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's he's definitely he definitely makes big movies as far as like acting is concerned. It's always melodramatic in some way. Not always. Uh, often melodramatic in some way. Like uh, the Lusty Men with like Robert Mitchum as like a bullfighter is just like every line is like is just like sex. They're just they're trying to give you the sense of sex in a time where they were not allowed to talk about sex. 1952. Yeah, wow. like that kind of thing. Um, if I feel like if uh, Nicholas Ray like if his peak had been like 10 years later, he would have actually gotten to like enjoy the freedom of the Hollywood system crumbling. I mean, that's why like Dennis Hopper, like seeked him out and tried to make him a part of his projects and got him a job. as like a guest lecturer, that kind of thing. 
Uh, he was just like slightly not, he wasn't in the right era for what he was doing because yeah, that. you couldn't get a movie on a screen with, with anything radical. It was just, it was impossible. They wouldn't show it. Right. So like mm. the, the dark stuff in, in a lonely place and the dark stuff and they live by night has to be subtle for it to exist at all. Yeah, and that's something I'll talk about a little bit more with uh, the Billy Wilder movies that I just watched. Word. Yep. Well, uh, I'm ready to rate this thing. All right. Because uh, I, w- I was going to say that I, after watching Hamlet, mm. I think I made a decision about how to rate older movies. And I'll talk about oh. that when I, rate, when I talk about Hamlet. Uh, I'm going to give this a two. I'm sorry, JR. <laughs> 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 I, I I thought I would be on an island. Look, I don't so I don't hate this okay. movie either. Yeah, I mean, the two is not like I don't despise this movie. I would even consider watching it again at some point in the future. I just it, it just didn't. It's just not for me. It's not. It just didn't do it for yeah. me. Too many complaints. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to an F. I'm actually going two point seven five. Whoa, Kevin loved this oh, fucking nice. thing. You guys should get married. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, we didn't talk about like the uh the whole like mccarthyism aspect of it that was also just like politically uh outside at sure. the time yeah, yeah. Sure. so which i like, like I, I think that's slightly cool. dangerous movie to make yeah i like the allegory that's there i think it's a little heavy-handed maybe but i mean i you know i don't mm. mind it being there i think that's interesting well, I think like this is one of those things where like any kind of message it would have just gets drowned out by the melodrama yeah like yeah and, and i i think that's in- intentional <laughs> Like uh, the the allegory stuff starts off real real hot, yeah. real strong, and I think for it to exist, it kind of has to fade to the background. But like, so have you guys seen uh, High Noon? Okay, I've... oh, that's the one you hate, right? This, yeah, I do hate it. Okay, because I have the only not. thing I can see in that movie is allegory. Like, I can't. Uh, like, the story doesn't make sense I can't as wait a story to with I'm, humans. I'm jonesing to watch this thing. I, <laughs> I gotta, I'm, it's the next thing I'm going to watch. Like, uh. the, the plot doesn't, like, the conflict doesn't make sense unless you know it is about McCarthyism. And I, like, that to me is, like, the worst kind of allegory because there's no, yeah. like, actual... Um, there's no actual value to what's happening on screen other than it being an allegory. Yeah. So I, I hate it. I also downloaded the Oxbow incident. I don't know why. <laughs> but I was like, it's like, this one looks all right. So I downloaded that. I'm going to watch it's it. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to watch some more, you know, get, get a little more, more well-versed so I can come at JR from a more educated standpoint, you know? Mm. Oh, sorry. And I forgot my rating. Um, I love this movie and I, I love it. Um, in the sense that I just like I had a f- ton of fun watching it again. Like I, I give it a four and a half. I'm I'm there for like everything going on. That's great, man. I'm okay. really glad you enjoyed it, and thank you for picking it. I'm always happy to watch anything. I like I was I remember uh, I was telling um I was on the phone with my brother and I was telling him about our the, our podcast and how it started and how Jordan left, you know, and and how I would tell him, you know, it's it's not fair that you can name any movie. And I'll watch that movie. Literally any movie you want to pick, I will watch it. But I have to, you know, censor myself. I'd say, well, I only pick these certain ones because he won't watch this other one, whatever. And uh, I like, I like the idea that you know, I was forced to because I, I wouldn't. I was almost, I'd probably almost never 
get around to something like Johnny Guitar unless you would push me into it. So even though I didn't like it very much, I'm glad I watched it a lot. I'll go watch right. uh, Workmeister Harmonies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's still on my laptop. It's on this laptop right now. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be eating up a lot of space. Mm, it's like a gig. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's get into uh, what we watched. Uh, who wants to start? Anybody but me, because I'm going to go make a drink. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, just to real real quick to kind of get the uh, Nicholas Ray out of the way. So I rewatched Rebel Without a Cause and watched for the first time They Live by Night. Um and like I see a lot of the same things in Johnny Guitar, like uh especially in Rebel Without a Cause, there's like a lot of like real like like really bright, vivid colors, a lot of melodrama. And the um like the score in it is so bombastic. Um and <laughs> I don't know, like I can I can see it being kind of something for its time, but I also think like it just turns into some kind of like bad YA novel where there's the loss of innocence and where do we go from here now that we're not kids anymore and. For a movie that's over two hours, I think it's too much. And I think I think James Dean was actually speaking, pretty good. Okay, that's that is. I was wondering if you yeah. were speaking of both films at the same time. Oh no no like, no! Uh, they live they live by night has by has night. very different things going on. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I didn't really enjoy Rebel Without a Cause, and this is another thing that like I, I guess I am just picking up on from like now but it seems like there are a lot of like things that we look at now that would be like total red flags that in older movies just were like eh whatever like like a long a while back I talked about there was the scene in Billy Wilder's Emperor's Waltz where they were just casually talking about drowning puppies <laughs> and then in Rebel Without a Cause like it starts off with like James Dean's been arrested for drunkenness. Natalie Wood's been brought in because she's past her curfew because she ran away from home for a little while. And they bring in this other kid who they brought him in for killing puppies with a pistol. <laughs> and and it's like like they're kind of like they're kind of humoring him and his mate and his maid that he lives with and like like na- like now like the whole movie would be about this kid because like we need, we need to talk about Kevin exactly <laughs> yeah it's it's this whole thing that kind of gets kind of glossed over and like yeah look you can ask John's dad if you weren't shooting puppies with pistols in the fifties you were gonna get made fun of and that's just everyone was doing it my dad did that a lot <laughs> no my dad hunted squirrels that yeah was, that was in the seventies so. Yeah. So so yeah, like that like like I read that Rebel Without a Cause was like they got the title from this book about like teen angst that was like a psychology book. But instead like they kind of throw this weird story around it and kind of shoe in a bunch of You're saying you things. didn't you didn't like this film then? Two and a half. That's a bummer, man. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I've it's, been meaning to watch. And I don't. I, I mean, mean I, I should rewatch this one. I don't remember it very well. I mean, other like like I said, like other people might get more out of it, but I thought it was like it's way too long. Is he good in it though, James Dean? He's decent. Like there are there are parts, there are parts where like he's like heavily overdubbed, and like oh, a lot of people get overdubbed in the movie. Mm-hmm. So like his performance can't really shine like it probably should. Um, but there but there are like a lot of good emotional scenes that he is good in. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's that. And then I watched They Live By Night because that was the other Nicholas Ray movie that I had heard of. And, like, I saw that Farley Granger was in it. I was like, all right, Farley Granger. He's pretty, he's one of the few, like, like when I saw your review for Hamlet, mm. I was thinking about, like, Laurence Olivier is one of the few, like, golden age of Hollywood actors that I think legitimately are very good and deserve the praise they get. Whereas like a lot of them, not yeah. so much. I find that such a, a funny thing. I mean, I, I think that you're right, but it's also like when I think of this like older style of acting, yeah, I feel like a lot of you guys' problems with it are how like theatrical it is. And then he's like the ultimate theatrical actor who i mean he's like really good but like he's like a stage guy i mean when i say theatrical i mean like literally olivier Olivier? on the stage i I can i disagree i can see see why you say that but but we'll talk about it hamlet (laughs) yeah yeah i can totally see why you say that at the same time i feel like i feel like olivier had way more range as an actor because i feel like if you've seen like a lot of these guys like you've seen one of their movies you've seen them all like, hmm. don't you like, dare talk about Bogart. Don't you dare do it. I know you're about to reference him. How did you know? <laughs> well, isn't, I was Bogart, gonna... isn't Bogart more of like a, I mean, okay, again, because like that I was... am unschooled. I haven't seen any Bogart movies, but isn't Bogart more of like a like a, a almost like a, a Clooney or a Brad Pitt? Like you watch him because not because of his ability, but because of his, like Harrison Ford. Yes, he's got a magnetic personality. You just want to see him on screen. You don't care what, what you know, like you know what I mean. Kind of, yeah, like. I I, def- uh, I, I definitely yes. think that. Okay. But he like has, he has better performances than others, though. Yeah, because like that was one of like the things Harrison I really Ford liked. Well, <laughs> speaking of Harrison Ford, yeah. that was one of the things I really liked about Sabrina, that <laughs> that Bogart was able to be something else besides his usual tough guy, hard boiled persona, and that was one of the things that I didn't like about um, In a Lonely Place. Because, like, there's a part where Bogart is giving a speech in a lonely place, and it's literally like Nicholas Ray oh. told him, like, hey, you remember that cadence from that one scene in Maltese Falcon? Let's do that again. <laughs> like, it's literally like, are you getting this done, or am I going too fast for you? <laughs> it's like, okay, I've literally seen you do that in two movies now. Like, it's like come I'll, on, it's man. Like, it's his I'll be back. Basically. That's, that's true. I, I would say specifically that in a lonely place is a lot else going on for it i think that movie's awesome i should pro- i should probably watch it again i just remember not being enthused about it like it's in my queue all. on the criterion channel i'm, I'm waiting yeah to i'll, I'll give, give it, it i'll shot. give it another shot um but anyway uh they live my night now is this the same is this based on the novel that the ben affleck film is based on thieves like us i don't know it's, but the ben affleck film is live by night and i know it's a oh remake. i think it's that's a different thing i want to say his thing? thing's about like gangsters it is I don't know what They Live By Night is about. So. No, the, the, They Live By Night is about three guys who've escaped from a prison, mm. and they're, like, on the on the run, and um, 
So, like, their plan is to rob a bank to get enough money to get this other guy out of jail. And then things go awry from there. And, like, Farley Granger's this young guy who's, like, full of hope and um, just gets dragged down deeper and deeper by these two guys. Uh, um, yeah, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I was, I, I'm reading... Sorry, I'm just on the I Knew You page for Live By Night. I could have sworn... Isn't this a remake of an older film, Live By Night? JR? I have no idea. I don't even know what we're talking... Like, <laughs> the Ben, ben Affleck gangster movie. It's like, it, it, it was like it was terribly reviewed. It's a horrible film. I saw it. It's bad. But like I could have sworn it was based on another movie. But apparently it's based on a Dennis Lehane novel. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I could have sworn it was based on another movie. I don't know why. Don't oh, well. Know. Never mind. Sorry not to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, so I like Farley Granger. I think my biggest problem with They Live By Night is the story and how it's structured and how the stakes are kind of raised, but then taken away. And, um, like there's one point in particular where this one character dies and I'm like, okay, well, like that's the end of it. Right. But then... Like the movie goes on for like another forty five minutes, and one of the one of the characters gets really sick, and it's like, why are we doing this? Like this could have been mu- this could have been much better laid out. I feel, um, hmm. it's like I can understand wanting to get away from like normal like plot structure, because it could be the same old thing. Like, oh, just one more job, and then I'm out. And then okay, just one more job, and then I'm out. And that, then, that like, wouldn't have been then a... like the final job, and like yeah. then like your denouement. But this one just kind of peters out like really early on, and it's like eh, <laughs> I don't care much for this. So I don't think I'll be watching any Nicholas Ray in the near future, except for in a lonely place. Because I do like Bogart a lot. Like, I think he's great in Sabrina and Treasure of the Sierra Madre. So I want to give him another chance. They Live by Night sounds a lot like um, that movie with uh, Josh Brolin and Kate Winslet from the guy Reitman. Jason Reitman? Yeah, who remembers this movie? <laughs> it's a period piece. He's an escaped convict. He falls in love with a woman. He takes care of her kid. Right, what's it called? I don't remember. Okay. I'll fucking uh, look it up. Shit. Uh, yeah, because in this? They Live by Night, there's no kid. Oh, well, like uh, Farley Green's I mean, wife ends it, up getting pregnant, but I'm not saying it is the same movie. I'm just saying it sounds. I mean, like it could. It. It Escape, could be. Oh, Labor Day. It's called Labor Day. Oh. Mm, okay. No. I definitely. Yeah. This and They Live by Night was uh, Ray's very first film, so I think uh, ah. I'm generally more forgiving of it because of that. Uh huh. But. It's also been a long time since I saw that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jonathan? Yeah, I watched... um, What was the name of the movie? First Man. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Finally got around to watching I watched Ah. uh, 45 minutes of this about six months ago. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, Jeez. I had pretty high hopes for this, but uh, just, just wasn't that good. I don't know. Just... How much of this is fueled by your hatred of La La Land? <laughs> it, no, it just isn't that good. It's just, it's like really long and drawn out, and I, I guess I already know the story, and it's mm. just, I don't know. 
I'll say that I'm really surprised. Bored. Yeah. I'm really surprised you haven't watched Apollo 11 yet. Mm. I have. Oh, you haven't logged it. Oh wait, or Apollo I mean, 11 is a new film. Oh no, it's yeah, yeah the documentary, mind, 70 millimeter <laughs> footage. No, of the I haven't moon seen that. Okay, yeah, let's get it. Like, I, this, I, this, I is like li- this is like literally Jonathan's wheelhouse. I, yeah. I will. Uh, th- th- yeah, I just feel like this would have been better. As I mean, I've seen documentaries on this, so it's just like I'm just watching yeah, yeah, yeah. what's happening. I just I don't know. It's it just isn't that interesting. When you say you mm. watch documentaries on this, you mean for all mankind? Yeah, like that. And is have, that about the lead up and everything though too? Like this, uh, like I, no, no. like in the forty-five minutes that no. I watched, I liked the, like all the stuff with the other astronauts because yeah. that shit I had no idea about. Like yeah. how the guy dies. And There's the a couple documentaries on Netflix that are, that go over this. One, it, one includes uh, Buzz Aldrin. Oh, he's cool. in it. Um, yeah, it's interesting know. to see some of the actors too, just like some of these character actors that they chose to play. Yeah, uh, Pablo, whatever his name is, uh, Schreiber. Yeah, isn't it? As I think uh, everybody did a somebody, pretty know. good job. Um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, I just it felt like it kind of like wrapped up really quickly too. Like it's like they they blow their load early with like the the launch, you know, that's in the trailer and shit. That I I and still th- think that's awesome. No, it is good. It is good, but it's not the actual like moon launch. It's, oh, that's bummer. Yeah, oh. and it's like once that scene's over, you got like another like hour right. or like forty five minutes. No I'm just kind of like eh. It just shows you this Damien Chazelle, you know, three-time mm. filmmaker. Not he's still he's still a kid, you know. Gave him his Oscar way too early. He might have been he might have could worked up to it, you yeah, know. But maybe it's just too know. too early for this kid. They they crowned him. And yeah, they shouldn't have. He's like twenty-eight years old. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like yeah. rewatching Whiplash too. I, I don't. That that was. That was not, it's not that good. Like what? it's just not that good. I don't know about that. It's not I that like good. with <laughs> watch it again. I don't know. I still need to see it. It's uh, a little it's it's a little much. I mean it's you know, it's like I don't know. I it's fun it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I mean this movie I'm not watching it. First I don't, I don't think Damien Chazelle's made a great film yet, but I think Whiplash is entertaining and I don't mind La La Land. Like if you don't know anything about the Apollo stuff, this is pretty entertaining. Yeah. But whatever. I don't know. I'll give it a two and a half. Mm. Okay. Right. Well um I watched Diamonds of the Night, which is new to the Criterion Collection. Um, oh, wow. You they, beat me. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about it, too, when I logged. <laughs> I was like, ha-ha, JR hasn't seen this shit. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it reminded me of uh, I went and took a quiz of all the questions that that guy who's been winning Jeopardy, all the questions that he got wrong, and I got 14 of them right, and I was like, I'm smarter than this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like 40 questions, though, so I got most of them wrong. Uh, um, this is directed by Jan Nemec. Nemec? I don't know. He's got uh, some other films in uh, an Eclipse, the uh, Czech New Wave Eclipse box, which is apparently out of print and very expensive right now. Wow. But um, Diamonds of the Night is a 1964 film. I believe it's his first film, and it's only 64 minutes long, which is like, go watch it immediately because it's really (laughs) easy to get through. Yeah. (laughs) And it starts with, in my top five opening shots of all time, like it's unbelievable. The opening shot of this movie, I think it's absolutely incredible and it's edge of your seat type stuff. And, uh, it's about these two, uh, guys who escape from a train that's on its way. I guess you assume to a concentration camp in the forties and they escape and they run through the woods and it's just about them trying to survive in the woods and find uh, food and everything. And they have to escape these, uh, like local militia groups who've been hired by the Nazis to find them and kill them and capture them, whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's just real, like 
it's a lot of flashbacks and like weird dream dreamlike sequences and stuff. But it's I don't know. I, I really really enjoyed it, and uh, I would highly recommend it to anybody only who has three dreams. actors uh, credited. There's only three. I think those are the three speaking parts. There's a oh, lot of there's a lot of people okay. in it, but they don't all speak. Like gotcha. there's a lot of silence and like music and actually there's no music. There's like silence and you know sound effects and stuff like that. So mm. cool. There's really there's like no dialogue for the first like 25 minutes of the movie. Oh wow! It's literally like them ru- running through the woods. But uh, I don't know. I really really liked it. I gave it a four and a half. I want to watch. I kind of I wanted to watch more Jan Nimick stuff, but then I I read on his like. All of his stuff that he did after this is comedies. Oh. And I was like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> seriously? Like, I don't want to watch a Czech comedy. I'm not going to get anything out of that. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I almost bought this, too. I went to the um, – Nicole was like, for Father's Day, what do you want? And I said, I want, you know, uh, a Blu-ray. And she was like, well, what? which Blu-ray? And I said, I don't know. And she's like, let's just go to Barnes & Noble and you can pick one out. And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> so I went to Barnes & Noble and I almost got this. But then I was like, I just watched it. So I got Sex, Lies, and Videotape instead, which mm. I haven't seen in going on a year, year, year and a half in uh, fucking rules. So I'm <laughs> really excited to rewatch it. JR? All right. Um, because of my time, I'm going to do, do two quick ones, if that's cool. Yeah, cool. Um. All right, I watched uh, Climax, the latest uh, Gaspar Noe or No movie. How do you guys say it? Is it no way. Gaspar Noe. No way. Yeah, it's got the Gaspar accent Noe. on the E, right? Yeah. I guess. The accent yeah. Rav. All right. Well, I'm glad we came to a consensus. <laughs> Aigu. Aigu. Um, accent Aigu. Aigu. Which one is it? Accent Aigu. <laughs> I think it's Aigu because it's like the to the right, like to the right. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. It's just four semesters of uh, French <laughs> at work here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, in climax, we we just have like it's uh, this dance troupe that's gearing up for a North American tour. They've all just like graduated from their program. They're celebrating with a party in this old like abandoned space, um, and it's a regular party. They do some dancing, and they're all like breaking off into like regular conversations. And then uh, it becomes clear that someone spiked the uh, the punch bowl with LSD. Uh-oh. And then wild, idea. wild shit happens. <gasps> or, or at least supposedly wild shit happens, you know. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's definitely an excuse for, for, uh, for Noe to, uh, you know, to start doing his, like, his floating above the action <laughs> style of shit. Yeah, so it's... Uh, Noe filming dance sequences is something that I've like fantasized about. Fucking love, <laughs> I love dancing in movies, and I I like Into the Void and Irreversible and just how he he puts his movies together. And uh, there are two dance sequences in this movie, and they're really good, and they're the only reason to watch this. <laughs> the uh, like once the LSD gets involved, it's uh, it's like it's just whatever. It's not really very shocking or ugly or breathtaking or cool as anything in End of the Void or Irreversible, just depending on how you feel about those. It also just doesn't feel like he had like any like, – he didn't make this in service of any kind of like greater point or anything, which is fine. But without any like higher substance to it, there's just like nothing to latch on to. Hmm. So it's just like – madness and chaos with very little going on. It sounds and awesome. And he tries to make the, the dancers like 
individual characters, but he just totally fails. And uh, like everything, the conflicts between the dancers are just like forced. And every time there's just an extended dialogue between dancers, it's just like really bad. Like they're they're pretty bad. And then there's like one awful conflict that is just like shoehorned in that you know how it's going to turn out. And you know it's going to be a shocking moment, and then boom, it happens. But a shocking moment isn't very shocking if you've already predicted it. Um, so yeah, this one was kind of a this one was a bummer, two and a half. And let's see, then I watched uh, watched the Beach Bum last night. Oh. And uh, have you been converted? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he gave it a three, then, so <laughs> he's sudden, obviously in love. All of a sudden, I love every Harmony Korine movie. Yes. <laughs> this is like, this one's, this one's weird, guys. It's like uh, Matthew McConaughey is Moondog, just this drunk poet who hangs out in the Florida Keys, smoking weed and drinking all day around beautiful people. And But then there's like this plot around him. And like, this movie has a plot. And it's really dumb. Mm. And Like good like, dumb remember, or like, dumb dumb? I remember, well... <laughs> It's, pretty, it's just dumb. I remember like making fun of the trailer for like. Just it seemed weird that this would be like a beach comedy that has like a plot. It just kind of seems like Harmony Corinne would just hang out at the beach with these famous people and just uh, put up on screen whatever he had. But there's actually like this narrative, and uh, there are all these really enjoyable and sometimes like genuinely funny moments but they're all bridged with just like this really dumb narrative shit that just, I guess he feels has to be in there. Like he loses his fortune and has to write something to get it back. And it's just like, it's all stupid and barely there. (laughs) But, um, I don't know. Snoop Dogg is funny. Isla Fisher is great. You know, it's like, like, Trash Humpers didn't have a narrative, and I fucking hated it. So apparently, uh, <laughs> Harmony Korin just can't... He can't do something that I love. You just gotta give Trump Trash Humpers another go, man. It's a masterpiece. It is. It's really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't remember, I can't remember if this is in the trailer. Just let loose, I, dude. <laughs> I can't remember if this is in the trailer, but Jonah Hill tries, like, this Southern Gentleman accent. Ooh. Like... Ooh. Like a Colonel Sanders style, <laughs> oh like old you're just style. making this sound incredible. Um, <laughs> Colonel Sanders. I, the accent itself isn't awful, but it's just yeah. like it's so out of place. It's weird. Uh, but then there's like any moment involving Martin Lawrence or Zac Efron. Those are just those are throwaways. They're just like two glorified tangents to pad the runtime it was stupid wow that's brutal i hate i, I um, can't stand zach efron's character in the, yeah even in the trailer this, i was just like I this is gross. i mean like i thought he was like gotta, like that in real life you know what i mean like he seems like he, it's like he doesn't seem like he's acting like mm. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all like Corinne a lot more than i do you should watch this movie i'll check just, it out it's because it's not like it's not a bad thing it's your favorite harmony Corinne movie it's my favorite Harmony Crin movie. Wow, that's ridiculous! That's crazy. <laughs> Genuinely, three out of five. Cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Where did you watch it again? Just streaming. I got no. I got the Blu-ray from Netflix. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Cool. Blu-ray is out. It's available. Cool. Yeah, I saw it at Target. 
Mm. No, I saw the DVD at Target. They don't carry the Blu-ray. I'm just saying it's there. Mm. It's out. You can download it illegally now. Cool. It's on all the sites. Kevin? So I watched a couple of uh, Charles Burnett's movies after having seen um, To Sleep With Anger. To Sleep With Anger the other day. And so I watched Killer of Sheep and My Brother's Wedding, which are also... They're good. They're well shot. The acting is decent. It's just another instance where like, I feel like both of these movies just aren't made for me. Um, like I think it's not necessarily a time thing. It's definitely an audience thing. I think he's very, very much making it for a black audience, especially like a black audience who like has ties to the South but lives in Southern California. So they're... They're good. They're interesting. Um, I just don't. I feel. I just watch both of these movies, and I feel like I'm not getting as much out of them as as maybe I should. I could be wrong about that, but yeah, I'll, I'll watch them and let you know. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's nah. it. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. okay. <Good> job. <laughs> um. <laughs> I finished the Chernobyl miniseries. I'm gonna talk about that for a minute. Uh, <laughs> did you have you seen this yet, Jar? No, no. Want okay. to? No, about to. Seen. Okay. Mm. I got uh, the first episode downloaded. I just haven't watched it yet. Cool. Uh, really well done. Um, I don't know how much. I think they like they made up a few things, but it's like pretty accurate according to people. And uh, it's just really well done. Like it's it looks amazing and. Uh, it just starts off like with the the explosion happens and you don't know why it happened and you're just you know if you don't I, I guess you if you haven't really read about it like you have no idea what the fuck's happening until the, the last episode where they kind of recap which was really great um there's a there's a bit much on the like exposition side there's like a lot of a lot of explaining but there's no characters that are just there for explanation but like <laughs> Uh, like towards the end, like the main like scientist guy who's like trying to like you know figure out what the hell is going on. Like he uh, he literally breaks down what is happening like scientifically in the courtroom, and oh, it's, that's it, cool. It, it's cool, but mm. it's like it's also kind of like I guess it really happened that way. But it, yeah, he's got like building blocks, and he's like showing people what you know. It's like, but it's really interesting. Well, you got to explain it to the layman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very interesting. Um, How's the gore? It's heinous. At yeah. certain points, I've heard. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to that. <laughs> really gross. Some boils and shit, or no, like oh. lasagna skin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it, I mean. It, like really, really terrible. Not funny, actually. Did Allison watch this with you? Stop laughing. <laughs> um, yeah, she watched it too. She loved it. Um, you know, it's got like a few like. There's a few missteps here and there, but like overall, like all the characters are really I don't know it's just really well done cool and nice. like I mean like anything that like goes over the top like if you just read about it like it actually happened that way so it's kind of like eh, I mean like one of the uh, the supervisor who was on duty that night like he is out of control like he is just so ridiculous and it really shows in the last episode doesn't he, he like deny everything or yeah something? he does yeah. not he denies everything but it wasn't like 100% his fault I mean just watch it but uh yeah he gets to the point where he's like he's got the night crew and like they're, they all suck. They're all like really young and they don't know what they're doing. 
and they had to do this test and that's why it blew up or whatever and like he's like throwing manuals at them and shit he's like just fucking do it like you know and it's just like did this happen like and apparently like that's the way it happened like he was wow. he was terrible and everyone involved was awful but uh yeah i don't know it's definitely definitely really really good nice um I don't know why I skipped to Diamonds of the Night, but before I watch Diamonds of the Night, I watch Mean Time, which is a, a another Criterion film. Everything I watch is on the Criterion channel, um, directed by Mike Lee. It's only the second Mike Lee movie I've ever seen. What I, was the other one? Naked. Naked. Okay. And I've downloaded Peter Lou, which I'm trying to get get in at some point. Mm. That that one's long. I'm into it. I think it looks really cool. Um, this movie. I just watched it because it had Tim Roth in it. <laughs> Mainly, I was like, oh, it's Tim Roth in the 80s. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I watched it. I'm really glad I did because Tim Roth is, in particular, like, his performance in this is really fucking good. Uh, super subdued, like, compared to what, you know, what you see him in in the 80s. He's, he's and, and even into the Tarantino stuff in the 90s and everything and up and through, like, uh what is it gridlocked or whatever with Tupac? <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> he's just, he plays a very like kind of bombastic, you know, out of control characters a lot, like violent characters. And mm. he's extremely subdued in this one. And, uh, he plays like this kind of like slow, uh, young man. Who's part of this family. Who's, uh, like everybody's unemployed except the mother. And so they're all just like layabouts and they get, uh, welfare and stuff. And, it's like really literally nothing happens. It's just like them, just like them, like getting on each other's nerves and hanging out together. And, and his, the guy, the guy who plays his brother, who I don't even know what the fuck his name, he's some nobody, but like, he's fucking great too. Mm. And, uh, Gary Oldman's in it, essentially playing the, the normal Tim Roth. He's like this neo-Nazi crazy wild man. Mm. And, uh, like full skinhead. Yeah. He's a skinhead. He's got okay. the, the, the doc Martens on. Right. And, yeah. Uh, he's trying to get Tim Roth to become a skinhead. Oh. <laughs> it's, just, it's pretty ridiculous, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just really enjoyed like the family dynamic and stuff. And maybe it, maybe it runs a little bit long. Cause there's mm-hmm. like this like weird storyline with, uh, their aunt who hires Tim Roth to be the, to help her redecorate or whatever, just because like she feels bad for him, I guess. And mm-hmm. then his brother kind of ruins it all for them. I don't know. I just, I really, I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. I want to watch more Mike Lee stuff. Mm. And uh, there's a shitload of it on Criterion Channel. So. Right. I'm going yeah. to get around to it. Did you, ever Is, see, um, did you ever see The Hit? No, I haven't seen The Hit. Uh, uh, I have. Uh, I almost bought it once okay. at a Criterion sale, but I just never – I didn't get around to it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember enjoying it. Like it's uh, young Tim Roth. That's one of the ones where he's, he's yeah, the yeah. out-of-control, right, violent person, right? I mean, like, well, he's, he's, more, he's more like – like what could become the out of control violent character? Yeah. Like he's uh, a like, hothead. Yeah, and like like he and John Hurt have they have to bring Terrence what it was Stamp. His, yeah, Terrence Stamp. They have to take him from Spain to England because they're gonna kill him. And like John Hurt's the cold veteran, and Tim Roth is the noob, mm-hmm. and like he's. Have, I'm into it. I really want to yeah, see it. Like, I, just it's, it's, yeah, uh, I, just I don't, I don't it. remember it being amazing, but it's worth watching at least. I will uh, definitely check it out. But meantime, I ended up getting like a three and a half. I was, I was going towards a four, but like I say, it just kind of lingers at the end there. and ah. It's less good. But um, Alfred Molina is also in it. He's 
He's yeah, barely like, in it, but he's good in it. Like you forget he's British. I I really I do, and then I was like, when he showed up, I was like, what? like fuck, like everybody's in this fucking movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like it's got all these huge actors, but it's in the eighties, so they're like nobodies. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jr. Uh yeah okay. Forgot what I was doing. Her <laughs> sorry, her smell. Uh, I watched her smell, which is the Elizabeth Moss movie where. You know, she's in like a, she's a popular Love. punk band. Yeah. <laughs> Came out this year. Right. Alex Ross so, Perry, right? Yeah. 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 Alex Ross Perry. I, I fucking hate him. I hate this guy. <laughs> Jared's like, like, I can't talk about this movie because fuck this movie. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. no? I, oh. I don't. I like this movie. Oh. But I've vi- I just been like violently turned off by all of the Perry films I've seen before uh, this and the only reason i watched this is because you know a good friend of mine said this one's good this one's different and i was <laughs> like whatever i'll try it uh and it is it is different so yeah moss is the uh the leader of like a successful punk band they're like from the first moment you see them they're clearly like whole not doing well <laughs> like like with each other <laughs> like sick of each other um and like the way the movie is made, it's uh, it's like we see the band in several keys, lo- like long key scenes across the span of years, which I heard is like uh, like Steve Jobs, though I never saw Steve Jobs. Oh my god, are you fucking serious? You never saw Steve Jobs? Never saw Steve Jobs. It is a masterpiece. Watch Steve Jobs. Whatever. It is in the top. <laughs> it's Danny Boyle's best film. The end. I don't know about that. Oh, I'll Damn. say it. Name a better one. Sunshine. No, Damn. fuck Damn. Off, shit. I thought for sure you were going to say The Beach. Oh, The Beach is terrible. <laughs> Watch Sunshine Steve Jobs, rules. man. Sunshine is great, but Steve Jobs is so fucking good. How All can right. you slander Slumdog Millionaire like oh, that? Oh, that's a piece of shit. <laughs> no, Steve Jobs is really fucking good, though. <laughs> All right, sorry, JR. No. I'm sorry that I haven't seen a masterpiece. I'm sorry you haven't either. I cannot believe you haven't seen Steve Jobs. That's insane to me. It's, it's I would have thought that watching. would have been like on your Oscar movies yeah, it was for nominated the year kind of thing. It was well, nominated for like nominated for any. It was nominated for Danny Boyle. It was nominated for a director. Really? I'm pretty sure. Right. I'm pretty sure. I'll look it up. Go ahead. Keep talking. That sounds incorrect. <laughs> Keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> I'm looking. Don't look. <laughs> hey, I'm not looking. I'm, not looking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no. Keep, keep talking. No, but, but I also didn't see it because, like, I don't know, Danny Boyle sucks, so I don't, like, I stopped caring about his movies. Okay, I was, oh, I you, can agree with that. I actually. was wrong. He wasn't nominated. He should have been. Uh, Fastbender and Winslet were both nominated for acting. Uh, it's like, I had, to, I had to sit through fucking Slumdog Millionaire and oh then Trance, God. and then I was like, why do I care about these guys' movies? I don't. Because he directed uh, Sunshine. That's why. Okay. He's amazing. Right. 28 there Days Later. And 28 Days Later, which is great. And train spotting. Oh, no, train spotting's not very good. Train spotting's good. I, I need to watch it. it again. I'm not a big fan. All right. Yeah. So any anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> hey, he's not. So in all 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 these long scenes in this movie that I'm talking about. What movie are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what are we completely <laughs> forgotten? It's called, it's called Her Smell. Oh, that's right, Her Smell. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it's like they're all sort of highlighting this a period in time, but they're all definitely like dealing with a different phase of Moss's like horribly self-destructive behavior and addiction and they're all filmed in like a pretty unique way like the movie starts with this 
you know, it's, it's like the, the scene is filmed in like long claustrophobic tracking shots through the green rooms of a venue. It's really cool. And then in the recording studio scene, we have like these steady still shots, um, emphasizing reflective surfaces. It just looks really cool. The score is really awesome. Moss is awesome. I like, I don't think I've ever liked Elizabeth Moss this much outside of Mad Men. Um, she's good she's like and she's really just like hard to watch she's like just attempting to destroy all the decent people around her um and yeah there's like a moment where it could have had just like this perfect ending and decides to keep going which is kind of a bummer but like it's not bad after that what i think should be the ending but would have been a little bit better but there's like the the supporting cast of this is like just like this insane group of really just like appealing and attractive young actors like Dan Stevens, um, who's in that show Legion. If you guys see that, Cara Delevingne. I do you like uh, her? From the, the best movie of all Valerian. time. Valerian. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> like there's just like Amber Heard, Ashley Benson, Eric, Eric from Stoltz is in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't call him, him young. He's, he's in her he, smell. He Eric Stoltz and Virginia Madsen are also in it. And they're all, like, everyone's good. It's, uh, it is well worth everyone's time. It's, like, one of the best of the year so far for oh, me. Oh, jeez. So, you going to make what? me watch this piece of shit. <laughs> it's good. I was not I mean, into like, the trailer at all. I was like, this is not good. And, and now you're saying it's so good. Oh my one god! Thing, <laughs> one, thing, one thing I know you're gonna hate, and Jonathan will too. If you guys watch it, I like I read on the IMDb trivia that Elizabeth Moss like trained for three months to learn how to play guitar, oh, and boy. I was like, oh man, that's cool. Three months was not enough. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I mean, because like she, <clears throat> you're playing punk music, so it's not a huge deal, but it's like she's barely got like the power chord down. As far Ooh. as just like no, no, but honestly, the, with good camera work, like you can get around that. Like it's a, it's yeah, up yeah. to the, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. but Jr. noticed that it was bad. So See, that's not, it's just, might not well, be. because I mean, it's there's a lot of shots of her, like her playing and singing. Yeah, and right, you're like she's playing power chords and she's playing simple music, but it's still not great. Can't do it. Um, I didn't. I never saw a trailer for this. All I know is that Alex Ross Perry makes shitty movies, and this one's not shitty. I heard about it on a. It played uh, some festival, and then I heard a review of it on another podcast, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, "This doesn't look good." I'm not into mm. it. But now I have to watch it because you know, it's so fucking right. good. No, <laughs> I'm gonna do. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna do my last one real quick, just just because I might I might run out of time here. Uh, I went to a film festival while I was in Chicago. I went to oh, uh, Cinepocalypse, which is like a genre film festival. Is this that T-Rex movie? Tammy, Tammy and the T-Rex. Is that what you're talking about? Right. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, cool. <laughs> right. So uh, I had never – this is like came out in 1994. It has an animatronic T-Rex, a very young Denise Richards, a very young Paul Walker. Um and How young are like, we talking? There's here. like some body swapping, <laughs> and bad science, and just like Yikes. stupid. It's like a stupid. Wait, how, how, how young are we talking here? Because she was young in uh, the. She played a 16 year old in the fifth season, I believe, of Seinfeld, which is what 94. 
So she would have. So this been. is ninety four also. So she's probably. No, I, thought, I think it was a little. Wait. Yeah, you're right. This is where they do the. Well, I thought I thought that was like ninety. I don't know ninety five. Well, they started in eighty nine. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let's I just listen to his Jared's like, review. Time Good. Go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How old are these people? This is important. Uh, Paul Walker was probably pretty old. I'm pretty young too. I mean, she was twenty three when this came out. Oh wow. Oh. Oh okay. Never mind. So I mean, that's pretty young, right? Yeah. All right. So you don't consider age in the face of cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So uh, the version that they screened had never been screened before. It's like an original cut that just featured a lot more gore than the the movie um, had when it was released. There are lots of like blood and guts spilling out, um, which is honestly just pretty ambitious for like a super low budget movie. Why include guts when you don't have to? Mm. Um, but I think the original idea that this was going to be like an R rated horror comedy and they turned it into a PG 13 horror comedy. (laughs) It's, uh, this, this was a, this was a blast to sit through in like a film festival setting where like everyone's there to have fun. There's, it's like, we're taking pictures with people in T-Rex suits and (laughs) like, the, the the room is just like prime to enjoy it. It's that kind of thing, which is why I didn't give it a star rating because I had a lot of fun. It's like, it's a terrible movie. It's supposed to be, or not supposed to be. It's everyone knows it's going to be a terrible movie. It's terrible in really weird ways. Like the movie is like, everything happens in the movie because Paul Walker is like about to have sex with Denise Richards and then, like, he gets beat up and left at a uh, animal like place. Not, it's like not a zoo. It's like an animal reservation. There are just like tigers walking throughout it, like <laughs> freely. He gets left in one of those, and uh, tiger bites him. He goes into a coma, and then someone steals his brain and puts it into an animatronic dinosaur. Like wow, that's I mean that's what happens. That's it's, the it's, level it's very, we're dealing with. <laughs> it's very stupid. <laughs> and like Imagine. the whole thing ends with uh, the whole thing ends with they're just keeping Paul Walker's living brain on like on ice basically, and he lives in Denise Richards' room, and she just gives him strip teases, mm. and the ending scene is just a like four minute strip tease dance. Nice. For Paul Walker. Now, when you say striptease, <laughs> how low are we going clothing-wise? Not not as low as, as you know. John's Howard Damn Stern it. is coming out. <laughs> I was looking at the, so uh, it's actually in season <laughs> it's season four that Dennis Richards is in. It's in oh, 92 okay. sometimes. So. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Anyway. So, no one should ever see this unless you're seeing it with a film fest with a bunch of, you know, even people then, that have been even then, no, socially lubricated to enjoy it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's Kay. it, Kevin. All right, uh, I got my last two here. I watched uh, another couple of Billy Wilder comedies. Uh, first one was "Kiss Me Stupid," which stars Dean Martin and Kim Novak. So this this guy Orville and his garage attendant buddy are trying to sell songs, and then. Dean Martin, who plays a character named Dino, just happens into town and and while he's getting 
his car checked out. Oh no, this happened. You can't leave. Listen to our songs. Oh, and so like they're trying to like they're trying to get like Kim Novak to like seduce him so that he'll buy their songs and um it's pretty funny. Uh I like like there's a there's a part where like the main character is really like paranoid and jealous of any of anything to do with his wife and like he's giving this piano lesson and then there's this eerie score that's playing in the background like be- like almost barely noticeable and like you feel you feel his tension as he's like working himself up into these lathers over where his wife could be and like we were talking about earlier with the things that you couldn't really put on screen both these movies have to deal with adultery and that was a big no-no thanks to the Hayes Code in the 50s and 60s so the way Billy Wilder gets around it is like never really addressing things and just letting things play out and so so Kiss Me Stupid Three stars, and then the next one, Love in the Afternoon. Audrey Hepburn is the daughter of this detective who gets hired to like follow people when um, they think their wives are cheating on them. And Audrey Hepburn happens to overhear this guy while he's telling the detective, like, okay, now that you found out that my wife is cheating on me, I'm going to go to the hotel and I'm going to shoot Gary Cooper. And so Audrey Hepburn doesn't want anyone to be shot, so she sneaks into the hotel room and says, hey, you got to get out of here because the husband's about to be here. And she swaps places with the lady who's cheating with Gary Cooper. And then she and Gary Cooper get into it and... Like, get this, into it? Like, start fucking and shit or what? No. <laughs> no. Oh. Again, the Hayes Code. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, she's this young, innocent thing, and she's trying to act like she's more, uh, like she's been with more guys to kind of get Gary Cooper to care, and yeah. he's this like she billionaire playboy. She wants the dick, basically, but she doesn't want it just freely, you know. Right. Uh, she wants she wants yeah. to earn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a it's an it's another fun comedy. Uh, another three. Solid, sweet, yeah, John. Did you ever watch The Apartment? Nope. <laughs> Shame. I think I have it downloaded too. I have all the movies that you I wasn't really, here for yeah, downloaded. You should really watch that one. Yeah, I want to watch yeah, it. It's it the not. fourth best movie of all time. Jesus Christ, I doubt it. Like Sancho the Bailiff's a five out of five, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all haven't talked about that yet. Oh yeah, uh, explain yourself. Please talk. So I'm just going to talk about Kim Burns' Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it a 5 what, out of 5? What's what's wrong with it? Why is it not a 5 out of 5? Wait, so JR rated it a 5. Yeah. So I I and I rewatched it and yeah. uh, on the 15th. <laughs> Got it right I here. I rewatched it and I was, you know, I was like looking for it. What's the problem? My my only issue with the movie could be like it dips dangerously towards like misery porn that I don't like, mm. but it doesn't ever get there because there's always something going on beyond just showing me the awful lives of poor people. 
Um, uh-huh. And I like I, I don't like movies that don't have anything beyond that. Um, it's like every shot in it is beautiful, and it's just a very moving story. And I okay, and what's wrong? Okay, uh, nothing's wrong. Here's here's okay. This I I assumed that would be your review. Okay. <laughs> The only I'm thing that the, the only thing no 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 it's just it's the same shit I heard on Jordan's podcast okay the the only thing I disagree with what you just said there is that every shot is beautiful these shots are just like uh, fucking utilitarian like nothing exciting happening in them they're like it's like a David Mamet film it's just like watching it's like it's proficient it's done well it's fine. There's nothing exciting going on in the, in the shots. There's nothing interesting about the imagery, in my opinion. Okay, it's just me. Okay, uh, so the, when you say what's wrong with it, right? Like, there's everything how, is so carefully framed. Right, I know, I know. Yeah, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Everything's perfect about it, right. Okay, that's the same thing. That's like the equivalent of, and I, I don't know if Jonathan remembers this, but when we when I watch Foxcatcher and you watched it around the same time. And I remember us both saying, like, there's nothing wrong with Foxcatcher. Like, Wait, it's what is this again? The movie with Steve, Steve Carell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Didn't you give Foxcatcher a five? I did, yes. And I and I regret it. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. I don't mm. necessarily – I need to rewatch it because I don't remember much about it. But I remember, like, thinking I don't have any complaints about it. Therefore, it's a five out of five. But that's not – I don't yeah, think that's an accurate way to go about it. Like, <laughs> just because you don't have any complaints about it doesn't mean it's perfect in every well, way. And it's just an amazing I, masterpiece. Then I said it's just like a wildly – it's like a moving story. Like, it's – Okay. Well, I mean, I like, guess that's just Apple. What, I mean, that's happens, just like, um, you know, to each his own because I don't find it very moving. It's like when he meets up with his mom, I was like, fuck, man. I fuck. really I really wanted his mom to be dead. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like not not from any kind of like dark Jesus. perspective. I just wanted it to be like his nothing's going right so far. Why should anything go yeah. right now? Like it's just mm. like such a Disney ending. It's like oh he, he reunites with his mother at the end. Happy go lucky well, time. It's, it's I'm not happy, into it. Happy go lucky. It's the only damn one that worked out. I know, but out it's, of, it shouldn't have. Everything everything else has gone to shit. Let this go to shit. And, and the, the only thing that should, uh, the only, believe it's him. The only thing minutes. that should go right is when he frees the slaves. Like that's his like. It's it feels like uh like the story of Job or something. It's like he's constantly being tested. He's being like fucked with nonstop, but he still wants to do this this noble thing and ascend to power just to free the slaves and then immediately quit. Which I I like the idea of that, but I don't. But I also don't understand it from the perspective of like he was like a like a what do you call it like a lackey of the slave runners like he was helping them brand people and shit and i mean he feel it doesn't feel it doesn't seem to me like there's one scene where he goes and apologizes to that guy for branding him but other than that it's like yeah. i don't feel like he's remorseful at all about that stuff other than the fact that he wants to free the slaves so there's that's like the only part of the movie that moves quickly yeah where he goes from like he's given up on getting out he's given up on like trying to stick to his father's values but then like doing that one job um where he gets to leave the compound with his sister yeah to like leave that person to die like breaks him emotionally and he you know he like gets back into uh to what he should have been about, which right. is let's escape, getting free. But you got to was... stay here because you'll slow me down. But I'll take this dying woman with me because she won't slow me down. <laughs> what well, a ridiculous no. conceit! <laughs> yeah, that moment is is weird for the for the girl. I mean, this is the girl's idea. The the girl said, "I'm going to slow you down." Oh yeah, okay. Then she's like, "Take the woman though, <laughs> like take this right. person with you." 
That didn't make any sense. It's absurd. Uh, and then, and then she drowned herself, and that was sad. Yeah. Well, tough titty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. It gave it like a two and a half, right? No, I gave it a three. I mean, I don't hate it. I just I don't understand what all the fuss is about. Mm. I, I I still want to see uh, what Life of Oharu yeah. and Ugetsu and everything. I still want to see them. Like I'm interested in this in the filmmaker because I want to see. Maybe there's something that you know that wasn't in this that'll be in those that I'll really really enjoy or get something just, out of. But you hate Japanese people. That's not true. I, get I like a lot of Japanese. I like uh, not a lot. I like some Japanese cinema. I like the stuff that I like. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> just I, they I just added. You really like Night and Fog in Japan. I love Night and Fog in Japan. I love. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, the Kurosawa. The, the you know mostly all of the samurai films I've seen from him. <laughs> like I like Throne of Blood. I like Rashomon. I like Seven Samurai. I like uh, whatever the other one was I, just, I was just about to talk about, and I can't remember now. <laughs> uh, Sanjiro? No, I haven't seen either one of those. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, so I, I don't know. I like those Jimbo. movies. Oh, Ron. They just added Ron to the Criterion channel. Oh, I'm no, going to rewatch it. I can't wait. I'm thinking about reading King Lear before I rewatch it, because I'll tell you. I'd have to do that. Watching uh. Hamlet was so refreshing to have read it and like, be familiar with the material before you watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. But anyways. Oh, uh, you should go rewatch the Brad Sleep Well. Oh my you God. guys loved that one. That movie fucking sucked. Sorry, Kevin. That was Kevin's pick. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't remember which of you picked that, that one. Kevin that was did. me. And like the the only thing I can say about that, I think it does merit a rewatch because I felt like some of the things you were talking about was like, wait, did you watch the movie? I watched it. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but like some of the things you were saying is like. Wait a second. I have no recollection of my criticism of it. I just don't remember hating it. I yeah, I, 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 yeah, I remember you hating it. But like, yeah, there was something about the beginning. Like you said, you were confused, and I'm like, I was confused that... by the pr- the press thing at the beginning. I didn't understand what was happening. Like, don't the press show up and like start asking questions and then yeah, like, they're talking amongst themselves like a chorus or whatever? And yeah, and like I didn't they're get it. well, like they're covering it because it's the daughter and son of a major of major corporation. None of this means anything to me now. I don't remember anything about the movie. <laughs> Jonathan, we totally skipped over you there, bud. You want to talk about your PBS show that you watched? <laughs> I'm all right. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Vietnam. Right? Do you watch it on Netflix? Yeah, I finally finished it. Is it good? Uh, so yeah, it's incredible. Have you watched any other Ken Burns films? Or, uh, I've seen uh, History of Jazz. Uh, History of Jazz is pretty good. Civil War. Yeah. Civil War. Yeah. Civil War and... Have you watched the West one? The Western one? No. I really want to see that one. I haven't one. seen that one. History of Jazz was, jazz was pretty decent. He's supposed he's supposedly doing uh, History of Country Music, too. Ugh. That, w- that would be kind of, like... I don't know. I know like nothing not about country like music. Not for so what I, country I music is now, but, yeah. like, I would like to know more about, like, yeah. Hank Williams and mm, all that kind of thing. Well, um, also you should watch uh, Fog of War. It's interviews with Robert McNamara. Hmm. Cool. I'll uh, I'll talk about Hamlet then. If we're if you're just if cool. you're good, you good? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I watched Hamlet from 1948, uh, directed and starring uh, Laurence Olivier, also starring Peter Cushing. Oh yeah. And Christopher Lee, but he's he doesn't have any lines. He's just in there. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Peter Cushing has a relatively big part towards the end. Um, plays Osric. Uh, so yeah, I read Hamlet. What? We actually didn't hear you. Sorry. Just could see John watching me, uh, lint roll my shirt. (laughs) Very fascinating. (laughs) Um, like we all have animals, man. (laughs) We understand. (laughs) I wish I didn't. I'm trying to get rid of mine. Uh, so anyways, I, I, I read Hamlet earlier this week over a couple of days at summer school and, uh, 
because I have to teach it in the fall, and it's good. I like it a lot. And uh, so I was like, oh, you should watch some of the films. I'm going to watch the Kenneth Branagh one next, mm. even though it's like four hours long. I still want to see it. Um, this is uh, Olivier's version is like cut down considerably. Uh, like he eliminates entire characters from it, like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, who are like probably the most famous side characters out of it. And well, they got um, their own play and movie right. later on. <laughs> I, have so. to, I have to read that too because apparently that's part of the curriculum also. Oh. But um, the Tom Stoppard wow. play. Yeah. But uh, I loved Hamlet. I've never seen an Olivier film. I seen he was in uh, what the Bounty for like four seconds or something. Yeah, and he he was uh, in, uh, the marathon, marathon man. man. Oh yeah, I've seen. Okay, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. I don't. I sincerely don't even think of that when I think of Lawrence uh, Olivier. I think of this. Even though I've never seen this. I would think of his. Yeah, like, this yeah. is like what I think of. You know. I know. Yeah. He's uh. So this uh is the story of Hamlet, who uh you know his father is killed and his uncle usurps the throne and marries his mother and then the ghost of his father visits him and he tells him you know I was murdered and you got to get revenge and then the whole movie is about him deciding whether or not he actually wants to get revenge. And it's just fucking awesome. <laughs> like the 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 cinematography rules. Like the it's so stark and black and white and just beautiful looking. And the uh, camera movements and the weird shit that he chooses to do. Like anytime yeah. the ghost shows up, he like throws the camera out of focus, like on like a beat. So it's like a heartbeat or something, mm-hmm. and it like goes pans in on the person, and all of a sudden it just swings over, and you see the ghost. And the ghost is so terrifying. It's like this person who's like eight feet tall standing with like a silver face and like his visor half down so you can't really see and then when the when the ghost talks i don't know if you guys remember this when the ghost speaks it is like genuinely unnerving it's so fucking good yeah it's like the scene where he's where he's telling him what happened yeah it's fucking amazing the rules yeah like he apparently olivier recorded the the ghost dialogue and then slowed it down to half speed (laughs) <laughs> and it, you can, it sounds like the it sounds like he's talking into a tape recorder like with his lips right on the mic like, like it's, yeah. it's, in, it's insane it's really really good yeah and uh there's a lot of like you can see like where he's clearly influenced by like citizen kane and like things that orson wells is doing and apparently i guess orson wells's macbeth came out the same year oh. which i've seen and i didn't i don't remember liking very much but mm. i might rewatch it i don't know because this is has a lot of the same kind of like I don't know, kind of techniques and ideas, I guess, is some of Wells's stuff that is from the same time. But I feel like, okay, and this is why I was going to talk to JR because JR gave this movie a three and a half. And then he gave. A very long, a very long time ago. I know, I know, I know. And then he gave Citizen Kane a five out of five. Right. Right. Sense, but... Okay. Well, <laughs> it's like the opposite with me. Like, I feel like this is the much superior film. And it's because I feel like a lot of people would say Olivier is ripping Wells off, right? Like he's copying his style and he's doing the same thing. But I feel, and I feel like that's all fine and that's a f- perfectly fine argument, except that it works better because the story is way better. Like the story of Hamlet is like way better than the story of Foster Kane or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> and I, it's the same with me. Like I haven't seen Citizen Kane in like, you know, 10 years probably, mm. but. I don't know. I just feel like this is like way more successful at what it's trying to do, and it, of course, you know, people, uh, the critics of the time agreed it won Best Picture and everything. So yeah, I I want to rewatch it because I like, um, I mean, I like Hamlet the story a lot more than I did last time I watched this. Right, and I love the um, 
there's a 60s Russian version yeah, of this I've been that to, is incredible. It, it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I want to watch it, too. You you definitely should because yeah. it's also uh, just a, I don't know, insanely shot movie. And he is, did a King Lear as well. I the, think his the, name was like the Russian Kozintsev guy or something. Yeah. I'll check it out, too. Nice. The Russian guy was cool. Um, and, yeah. You know, I... I can't defend my rating of this and my rating of it definitely had nothing to do with like comparing it to Orson Welles. Yeah. No, I understand that. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I feel like there's a lot of, um, like, I mean, I was, I was turned off by this. Like, I mean, I remember years ago seeing it when I worked at the library and seeing it in the, in the rack and being mm -hmm. like, you know, that's like not something I would ever watch because it just feels very like dry. You know, it's Shakespeare. It's like challenging in a very like academic way, and yeah. But like, I don't know. When you read it, it's like it's not it's all that complicated. It's really the stuff that it's really the like uh, extra texts that come after that to analyze it that make it complicated. Like it's really yeah. just a basic story. Yeah, yeah. It's just when you start thinking like psychoanalyzing the characters that it becomes, you know, more and more complicated. But I mean, his film is like the opposite of dry. It's just very, very watchable and entertaining and. Olivier's acting is great. Like the guy is really, he's so like, I agree he's theatrical, but he's the dialogue coming out of his mouth. The only person who rivals him for the naturalistic, like ability to just say this dialogue. Like it's like, it's the way he speaks. The only guy in the film is the guy who plays Polonius, whose name I don't know, but the, the fellow who plays Polonius rules in this also. Like he's just so, completely like natural and just you feel like these guys just go out and we're talking like this in the green room before the shoot you know yeah <laughs> like, it's insane i really really enjoy it i liked the, i liked even like the there were tiny flourishes of violence throughout it like uh at the end he he nicks um what's his face uh laertes wrist oh yeah blood spills out of his wrist and looks really amazing it's just a lot of like really cool sh- like there's a shot where the skull's on the side of the grave and he walks up in his shadow and the, the head of his shadow is on the skull dude <laughs> it's just like that kicks ass yeah I, I really i get off on shit like that so yeah i really really liked hamlet a lot the, the weakest point for me was um the actress who played ophelia i thought uh, she was over the top but i think the character is over the like the character singing midway through randomly because she's like insane so it's that's problematic but i don't know i loved it four and a half out of five nice all right, I have to get out of here. So, uh, John Wick Chapter Three is a six out of five. I'll see you, bitches, later. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Are you serious? No, I'm not. Serious. Okay, get, <laughs> get out. Then. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to give a six out of five. You goddamn motherfucker. <laughs> All right. John well, um, do you have anything left, Kevin? Oh, um, I rewatched Soy Cuba. Oh yeah. Um. I, I watched the DVD that the library has, which is not very good because, mm-hmm. like, you've got the Spanish dialogue, and then you also have Russian dialogue, which, like, comes, like, a split second after it. That's the same way as the Laserdisc. Fuck that it's shit. It's brutal. I had to say, it's I, so I, sold, bad. I sold the Laserdisc. I was like, I don't... Yeah. Because it's, like, the only way to... It's really, like, the only way to watch it, I felt like, because I was... I don't... I didn't want to buy the DVD because I want to have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, I mean, but same here. I was just like, and I'm not watching this shit on Laserdisc because it's garbage. Yeah, and I'll I'll buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray, if, but... Um, if and when, man. Yeah. God. But, uh, but, yeah, it's still, like... It's so fucking good. <laughs> just, like... 
just the bleakness. Like the um like there's that scene where um the American guy has gone home with a girl who's yeah. on the cover and like and the the fruit vendor like comes in in the morning and like sees the two of them and like like they like barely look at each other. They don't say anything and it's just like, "Oh my god, both of them are fucking heartbroken and it's so good." And then, of course, the 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 shot during the funeral procession, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's like as good as any of us think it is now. It's better when you watch <laughs> it again, because like because like you think like okay yeah like like even knowing how it's done, you're like the fuck, and like there's like you can actually even see the wires, yeah, and it's still fucking. I don't even care. Yeah, it, it's uh, like, it's yeah, masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like it go like, like it goes up around the scroll work, yeah. across the street through a building, on down the street following the casket. It's brilliant. It's incredible. And like the it's it's so sad to me that like, it was like not well accepted by Russian or Cuban audiences because they were like. Cubans were like, and eh, we're not really like that. And Russians were like, eh, it's not radical enough. It's like, <laughs> are you seeing the same movie that we're seeing? Yeah. Because, like, this is, like, one of, if not the best thing that's ever come out of Russian cinema. I agree. And no disrespect to um, Tarkovsky or Eisenstein or any of those guys, but Kalatozov had it fucking going on. He's the man. Yeah. And he <laughs> deserves more recognition. I still have the uh, his one of his last films, The Red Tent, with Sean oh, yeah. Connery. I have it downloaded still. I haven't watched it though. Mm. Um, well, I'll just talk real quick about this, <laughs> the substitute, which I rewatched uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. this this morning. It's Get, on it's on Amazon Prime. Getting ready for the school year. Well, that actually wasn't my thought until I started watching it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm like I'm going to be a high school teacher. This is really cool, right? But um, except now it's more Dead Poet Society instead oh, yeah. of the Substitute. I, well, God, we can only hope. Uh, yeah, the Substitute's the story of Tom Berenger, who's a mercenary, and he like goes to this. It's pretty ridiculous, actually. The conceit of him choosing to substitute teach is kind of like out of nowhere. It's like his girlfriend was a teacher. She gets injured by the gangs there, and she wants him to call this other substitute. He calls that person's unavailable, so he just decides, "Now nah, I'll just create a, like a forge an identity and become the substitute," <laughs> and uh, instead of like just calling someone else, you know. But um, he goes into the school and realizes that there's like drugs being trafficked through the school, and that the principal's in on it, and the gangs are in on it. Mm. He decides to, uh, you know, just take care of business and murder a bunch of people in the process, and it fucking rules. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> it, I had such fun watching this i was just like having i was i laughed out loud like 15 times it's su- it's such a blast um and as i said in my review the probably the most underrated action film of the 90s maybe of all time uh just a great film and t- truly i don't want to i don't want to sound like this is not an ironic love for this movie it's very very good i enjoy it a lot and um probably in the same way that jr enjoys john wick chapter 3 parabellum um, mm. <laughs> and I will say that William Forsyth and Mark Anthony are awesome in this. Mm. William Forsyth's like out of his mind, and Mark Anthony gives this like really, uh, I don't even know what she's like, like the dangerous, you know, mm. performance of like, you know, just he feels like he's he's a threat, you know. He plays a, I don't know, twenty five year old senior, and <laughs> he's like, the, he's the gang leader, and uh, he's just really good. I don't understand why he doesn't act more because he's really terrific in it. Mm. 
but yeah, great, great action scenes, uh, great blood. Tom Berenger just like trying to do kicks and stuff, and he's like in his fifties. Mm. <laughs> but it looks good because it's like it's real. It's like you you almost never see a stunt man. It's always like him. You can see his face and nice. And it kicks total ass. There's apparently like three sequels to this, but none of them have Tom Berenger. They have Treat Williams. Ooh. And I watched a scene <laughs> from the second one, and it was really oh, bad. God. So, oh, man. Because I was going to check them out because they're all on Prime, too, but it looks pretty awful. So mm. I'm out. Um, me and my dad used to like watch this and quote it to each other all the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I even I texted him this morning. I said, The Substitute's on Prime. Just watched it. It's great. And then he texted me back. He says, I just watched it myself. <laughs> He's already watched it. Nice. It's insane. It's so good. Four out of five. Um, so next week on the show, if we're done, we're done, right? Yep. Uh, oh, no. Kevin's, just re- just Kevin's real quick. got more. Kevin, Go Kevin. ahead. No, Jesus I don't. I was Christ. just going to ask. Uh, you guys have seen 187, right? Uh, no. It's been no? it's okay. many, many years ago, but yeah. Okay. I just remember watching it and thinking like this. I mean, it might not be as good as I'm remembering it, but I remember thinking like, how did the guy who does this also do fucking Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and fucking Waterworld? He did. Uh, he's done something else that was good, though. Oh, uh, okay. Kevin Reynolds. Mm. Um, let me look that up. Uh, Kevin Reynolds. There's something he did that I like a lot. Oh, Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Guy's a genius. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a masterpiece. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not, he's not the best. Uh he did that Hatfields and McCoy miniseries too. He directed a couple of the episodes of it. Oh, okay. I mean, I liked Waterworld when I was a kid. Obviously, loved Prince of Thieves when I was a kid, but mm. I'm sure they don't hold up now at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, next week on the show, or next time we record on the show, will be uh, Kevin's pick. Mm-hmm. Kevin, what have you got for us? We are going to watch Sling Blade. Okay. From 1996, directed by Billy Bob Thornton. I I have seen and starring Billy Bob Thornton. Are we going to watch the short also that it's based on? Is there a short it's based on? Yeah, they call it a sling blade, or some folks call it a sling blade. Uh, you haven't heard of this? No, I haven't. It's not directed by him. Okay, but it is starring him. Okay. Well, I guess I'll see when it's I get the when I get the Blu-ray from the library if it's on there or not. It's directed by George Hickenlooper, <laughs> and it's from two years earlier. Oh, okay. And it's twenty-five minutes long. All right. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, so we'll watch Depends Sling on time Blade. And all that. <laughs> this is great. Jr. hasn't seen this. That's insane. What? How has Jr. not seen Sling Blade? He's so weird. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I saw this movie when I was in high school. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, it's like just something <laughs> everybody you see. saw this. Yeah, this is one of those instances where I'm like, has he just? Did he just not log it for some reason? Well, that he said that he imp- he imported all of his ratings and shit from IMDb whenever Letterbox started. So, like, okay, he said they're going back like 15 years. I feel like he's seen it. I don't know. He must have and Should've... just forgot to put it up. If he didn't have to leave, I could have asked him. Right. Oh, well. Um, so yeah, next time on the oh, yeah, show, I should text him. We're gonna watch uh, Sling Blade, directed by Billy Bob Thornton from 1996. And uh, have you seen this, John? Or, yeah, yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. This will be interesting. It'll be a good rewatch for all of years us. ago, but except JR. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so until then, visit our website at filmyak.podient.co. We have a blog there. Uh, 
write to us at filmiacpodcast at gmail.com. Ask us questions if you want to. Just do whatever you want, you know. Try it out. Yeah, if you want, okay? And uh, I don't know. Is there anything else? I feel like we're missing something. Did I forget to say something? Um, I just want to say I'm excited oh, about uh, this movie, Sword of Trust, with Mark Maron. Oh, I, I didn't even watch the trailer. I mean, I saw it, and I yeah. was like, should I post this? <laughs> nah. And then, like, ten minutes later, you had posted it. <laughs> I yeah. Like, <laughs> like, well, like, I saw, like, I saw that it was Mark Maron, and I watched the trailer, and I was like, yeah. this is funny. Yeah. I like so, Mar- yeah. Mark, Mark Maron's like Yeah, yeah. He's cool. Yeah. Have you guys seen this uh, this app, Cameo? Have you heard of this? No. No. There's an app called Cameo where it has insanely like minor D-list celebrities and you can pay them to record video oh, messages for right, you. right. Or for like friends and family. And some of them are like bigger than others. Like they have Gilbert, yeah. Gilbert Gottfried's on there, you know. Uh, I remember like uh, on Tom Segura's podcast, like somebody got Beverly Mitchell from Seventh Heaven to record a video of her saying like all of the phrases from their podcast and then like they the person sent it to them and that's great yeah (laughs) yeah i've uh i thought it was pretty cool uh but uh you know who's on there jonathan no michael bean wow wow really i was thinking rustin's birthday is coming up (laughs) how much (laughs) i don't know actually you know what i can look it up right now live on the air Mm. because uh you can't apparently you can't book in the app which is complete bullshit so what's the point of the app i don't know right it's like i guess it's like you know just to like see who's on there and watch their videos and stuff and see if that's what you want i don't know it says it's only temp it's like it's like uh booking is temporarily unavailable in the app Mm. i was like oh that's kind of dumb snoop dogg's on it now wow uh let's see so who are we looking for yeah michael michael bean michael bean jesus I have this. I have this much faith that Rustin won't listen to this episode that I'm going to talk about <laughs> us possibly getting him this. Right? Oh Jesus! Eighty five dollars. <laughs> That's a little pricey, eh? Do you get like a hard copy? I mean, he just sends it to you like it's a video file. I don't know how long they are. That's the thing. I think it depends on how much you ask for. Hi, right? This is Michael Bean here, and I know <laughs> you're uh, expecting, and so. Congratulations on that, and um, do me a favor, will you? Don't call her Kyle. That 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 maybe Kylie, maybe Kylie. Kylie might work, but not Kyle. Take care, man. It's con- congratulations. It's like really sad. I, 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 I know. Is it? It's it's a little like that's depressing. It, I right? <laughs> My I'm career a- is this. <laughs> Jesus. Especially like, like you can't even say he's phoning it in because he's like FaceTiming it in. Yeah, ah, it's, ah. I, it's, it is depressing. I was, but I was talking to my wife about it and I was saying like, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you'd see a lot of like low rent celebrities on here because they mm. want money. But then it's like, will he recite lines? That's what I'm thinking. You know, that's what I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm think, well, I was, I was I thinking about like. need you to grow like, a stash and be really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know who's on here? Like, you to cut yourself. There are people on here who don't need money at all. Like Randy Jackson from American Idols on it. Like he's a billionaire. Like that yeah. guy's got all the money in the world. Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank is on it. Like what are they doing it for? To, to give Tax back. Tax write off? 
Maybe a tax write-off. Maybe. I don't know. It's just weird. I guess it would kind of be a charity. I mean, if they were doing it for free, it would be. Yeah, that's true. They're making money. Know, it's that's... a source of income. I mean, yeah. Oh, oh, they have all the money right here in their pictures. Jesus. Some of them are really expensive, and some of them are super cheap. So Perez Hilton, who's the Wait, who's that? The uh, TV personality blogger guy. Oh yeah, Perez Hilton. Mm-hmm. What does he look like? He looks like this. He used to be uh, fat, but now he's yeah, skinny. Okay, yeah. He's only thirty-one dollars. But Michael Rappaport, washed-up actor from the '90s, is one hundred and fifty. <laughs> wow, that's pretty nuts, right? Like, yeah. Like, Chumley's on here, eighty bucks. Oh my god. <laughs> He like went to prison or something. He was yeah. He got caught with a bunch of like illegal weapons and drugs and stuff. Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings, two hundred and fifty wow. bone. Jeez, can you imagine? Like who pays that? He actually, I watched his video, his like introductory video, and he talks about how he lives in the Shire because he's a Hobbit and all this shit. It's it's embarrassing, dude. Bam Margera's on here for a cool sixty five. Anytime you think your life is shit. Just like think of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so. It's just so weird. The Bam Margera. The pricing on yeah. here is bizarre. Like Jim O'Hare from Parks and Recreation, Jerry. He's on here. <gasps> wow. One hundred and thirty-five dollars. What? It's a season. I remember. No. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Can you explain what you did to that girl? <laughs> Corey Feldman, two hundred and two dollars. Hey. Bret Hart, the Hitman, 150 bone. Oh wow! You in? <laughs> oh my god! What about yeah. Sting? We had Sting on there. The biggest name on here that I saw was Charlie Sheen is on here, and he's expensive as fuck. He's 350 dollars. Oh man, it's crazy. It's probably that... it's probably extra if you want him to mention Tiger Blood. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's like five dollars per phrase. Right? Yeah, <laughs> from my yeah. fame. It's just it's just really bizarre to me, like some of these like nobodies who are charging lots of money. Just like yeah, free money. Gary oh Busey, what? Really? How three, much? Three hundred and fifty. Oh, he knows. He's like, I yeah. know what I'm worth. Yeah, bud. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Christopher Walken is. The He's got to say the the whole meatball sub line. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like two. Yeah, give me Utah, two. Give me two. Utah, give me two. Give me two. He'd me probably two. he'd probably butcher it now. Oh yeah, give it to Give me three. It's like anybody, money back. anybody from like The Office or one of these NBC shows is like oh, hundreds man. and hundreds of dollars. Jim oh, on there. I get it. Okay, Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary from mm-hmm. Shark Tank. He's a thousand dollars. So that that explains that. Good God. He probably's like, I can do one and buy a a, a, a thing of stock. You know, <laughs> like a yeah. share of stock for some company. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed it seemed like an interesting idea and uh, could be fun, but uh, I actually heard about it because um, there's a a podcast I listen to about this reality show that I watch called The Challenge on MTV, mm-hmm. and they the all like a lot of their cast members are on here, and they get they pay them to do like intros for their show, oh. and they always mispronounce their names because one of their names is Ephraim. And they always call him Ephraim and all this. Like, they just fuck his name up. Like, so uh, they'll literally say anything. I mean, like, it probably depends on the person, but I'm sure. You, like they, they the, those reality, those guys from the challenge know that that podcast exists. So like they're like how, okay with it. You know, how right. long will it? How long can it be? I don't know. That one we just listened to, Michael Bean, was 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 85 dollars. You could, you could get like Charlie Sheen to like narrate the opening of your film. You know what I mean? Put him in your movie. That's 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 an interesting idea. <laughs> I don't know, they they probably have like starring Charlie Sheen. Like if you, <laughs> like if you click on hey, their names, birthday. I'll probably have like. <laughs> that's my crazy uncle Charlie. He's dead now. 
<laughs> That's not bad. Starring Michael Bean, <laughs> Charlie Sheen, and the guy from fucking Shark Tank. Oh my God. Yeah, we got a movie full of celebrities, and it's like an hour and a half long. Cost you like five k. Yeah, cost you five grand. Yeah. <laughs> Give them all lines? That's good. (laughs) That's such a good idea. I need you to read this line and this line. Do it like like this. Do it sad. What is this for again? (laughs) You're going to be in a movie. Yeah. We're going to splice this together. Can you walk with the camera and pan over a little bit? Yeah. (laughs) Like make them do the camera shots? That's great. (laughs) Uh, Somebody's going to do that, I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, Bret Hart. Not Bret Hart, Bret Favre. I was say like, Favre. Oh Isn't Bret Hart dead? <laughs> no, Bret Hart was on here. I just read about. Oh wait, no, his brother. What was his brother name? Goldust. <laughs> what? Is he Goldust? Owen Hart. No, no, who no, died? Not. Owen Hart died. Owen Hart died. Owen. Okay. I thought he was Goldust. No, Goldust is still alive. Oh, I'm. I'm. I don't yeah, that's Dust. Dust fourth, fourth grade here. Yeah. I mean. Bret Favre is five hundred dollars, by the way. Oh, Jesus. Chris Hansen from To Catch a Predator, fifty bucks. That's not bad. <laughs> that could be pretty funny. Like what are you, the shit what are you doing here? Friend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Why don't you have a seat there? Let me ask you some questions. That would be terrific. Oh man, yeah, this is. Uh, I don't know how old this app is either. Like, how long this has been going on? Randy Jackson lost a lot of weight. All right, sorry. Uh, so we're just kind of we're, we're. Are we still recording? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's going to do it for the show. Thanks for listening. Bye. That means I got to think of some kind of sex comedy for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Uh, all right, you guys ready?